Tell us about the porn. Uh, yeah. Jeff. Tell us about the thick. <laughs> I mean, I haven't like gotten into the chapter yet. Like there's still, you know, Wait, there's still much. Is this the one from like a million years ago? Yeah. Where... She disappears for like a while and then we'll just like drop a new chapter on you. And you're like, okay. <laughs> Honestly, I think most fic writers are like that. Than like the person who like updates consistently. Like that's such a unicorn in fic is the person who's just like on top of their schedule. I think the person that updates consistently is like Hawthorne Whisper, where she actually has it yeah. all, all written. How do I just do that? I don't understand how you can do that because like I need the feedback. I need the like ego stroke. And so like to just be like, <laughs> well, I'm going to sit down and write a hundred thousand words with no fucking feedback. And like, sit on it and like not like have the will like to have the willpower not to post it like how well she's also i mean she's a professor and she's an author so maybe she's just yeah. so maybe she's also fast at writing yeah but she <laughs> writes it ahead of time and then she like almost markets the fic you know like it'll have yeah. a picture like a picture set that goes with it it drops certain days the next installment it's like Totally planned out. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Man, I feel like fucking that. amateur hour over here. <laughs> um, the fact that you've written so much is like key that you're not amateur hour. Yeah. So don't well, even complain. <laughs> well, amateur hour is right. everyone who posts one chapter and then never updates it, which is oh, basically. Well, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I mean, I get it because I've done it. I think, well, I posted that one fic that. No one can know that I posted um, and have yet to update it, even though I have like most of the second chapter written. Um, Just give me your login and I'll post it for you. <laughs> wait, you wrote a – wait, is this a Balark fic? Yes. <laughs> wait, and you and – you, uh, I feel like – I told you about it. I Do you feel betrayed, Cece? No. I posted the link in our Slack chat. <laughs> no, you didn't. I did too. I love how hurt you are. I'm really fucking hurt. <laughs> I did not mean to betray you. I swear that I posted it. You must have just not seen it. Um, but also that might be a good thing. Wait till I like post another chapter. It's not going to be satisfying without like more. Yeah, but and also there, there might be some Blake sauce in it. I don't nice. know. I don't know. <laughs> All right. I'm okay. I'm shaking, I'm shaking it off. Shaking it off. Walk it off. Walk it off. <laughs> we'll discuss uh, later. Well, I'll you fill know you what? In. We found our fucking cold open. Everyone, uh, welcome to May We Geek Again, uh, episode number thirty-five, a uh, podcast talking about uh, the CW show The Hundred. I'm saying uh, a lot for whatever reason, not like I've ever done this before. Um, welcome to you our season. Masters. Oh ugh, no! Um, welcome to our season four rewatch, where we are covering episodes four through six. This week, I am I am joined by um, our famous co-hosts Cece and Bubs. Hey. Hey guys. 
Hello. Um, thanks, you guys, for joining me. Um, you can find us on, well, you've already found us, but again, we will always reiterate. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on sort of Facebook. I don't really check it too often. You can find us on Reddit um, with all of our little screen names. And we'll like post a recap of this on Reddit if you want to come deep dive with us there and yell at us about stuff. And please do. <laughs> please do. It's super fun. Um, even if it's just to like comment on whatever dick joke we talked about this week. Uh, we, you know, we're happy to, to talk more about it. Uh, where else can you find us? We are now on SoundCloud. We're going to be moving over from Podbean, but I don't know if that means you need to update your iTunes streams. Hopefully not. I can make this a seamless process. Other mm-hmm. than that, welcome to the podcast. Um, this uh, this week, we're going to be talking about uh, episode 404, A Lie Garden, Guarded, uh, written by Kim Shumway. Episode 405, The Tinderbox, uh, written by Morgan. Uh, is it Gendel or Gendel? I say Gendel. Gendel. Okay. Kind of like Gendel. Archie. Yeah. Okay. Um, exactly. And 406, we will rise. And does she pronounce this in a French way? He, she? she. Um, who? The author. Charmaine. Oh. I would pronounce it in a Spanish sense, um, but I... Do Spanish. Let's just go with Spanish. You do it. Oh, I don't, I don't have it in front of me. Hold on. <laughs> Pause. Um, as I scroll to the top. Um, is it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Charmaine de Gratte. There we go. Though I'm sure it's a French, a French pronunciation. What would, uh, what would the French pronunciation be? I don't know. I never took French. Charmaine de Gratte. Sure. That's, that's my best friend. Thank you so much. Um, neat. (laughs) But before we get into those episodes, we're actually going to time travel a bit back because last week Cece was not on the pod, but she does have a lot of thoughts about Bellamy's decision. (laughs) Different from the... Well, we knew she did... Huh? We knew she did, and we really, like, we tried to, like, bring up that side of it, but it just, it's impossible to do unless you're, like... <laughs> Unless you're a believer, because he and Shaheen are terrible people who are like, yeah, fucking kill everyone. I would be the worst debater. I could, I like, I really tried to like bring it up, and I was just like, yeah, I guess that's the other side. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> so, I guess, uh, can we, do you guys mind jumping into that? I'm sorry, what was I supposed to call it? Let me scroll down this list. Oh, the Latina throwdown. <laughs> the Latina throwdown, which I don't know what you guys being Latina has to do with it, but <laughs> I am also not Latina, so I can't really speak to what that experience might be. So <laughs> I, I think like- it means, I think, um, so Bubs is Mexican-American. I'm Cuban-American. Mm-hmm. I think we're referring to maybe family discussions that are heated yeah. and not easily let go. Is yes. that does that fit? But yeah. also, like, it, none of the love is um, reduced by these throwdowns. Like, it's 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 hard to explain. Like, you um, can my sister. What I'm Jewish. We we understand debating. Like, I <laughs> yeah. I you totally just get it out. You get, just it, get out. it out. Yes. Exactly. Okay. So go forth. Get um, it out. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things in general about this season is I got to know Bubs because we would end up finding ourselves usually on the same side of a debate on Reddit um, during season three mm-hmm. um, with the whole Pike, you know, that whole endless debate that went on and on. And then we got yeah. to season four and it was like a everything train. went to shit. <laughs> it was a train wreck, and we would come out of every episode 
having a really hard time understanding the other's viewpoint on what, you know, the endless series of sort of moral decisions throughout the season, which is such a surprise. Yeah. Which I actually think is like a testament to the show, right? Mm-hmm. That they keep the, it, it, even though some people say, okay, well, it's the same grounder versus sky crew. Well, but they keep putting these scenarios kind of, they keep shaking them up and they keep coming out sort of a, a slightly different way. And then I find myself, when you find yourself debating someone that you normally agree with, I think that that's actually great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. That's I, thinking about that is actually like a good thing um, is I, I'm sure the writers and uh, Jason Rothenberg would like love to hear that as feedback. Yeah. Right? Cause Hey man, you're talking about it. Right. And like we both see these sides and like we're not unreasonable people and we agree with a lot of things. So the fact that we can so passionately be on one side and the other side, it's like it's such a great like mirror of the real world and how people feel and think. Yeah. I mean, so. All right. So going so back, getting into the discussion, into yes. the debate. Yeah. 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 So the whole slave Bellamy's decision, <clears throat> mm-hmm. I found a lot of people. Not only when you all were discussing it last time, um, but also just on Reddit, where a lot of sort of, I thought, the best, like, substantive debate was going on about it. Yeah, Um, you don't like just yelling shit in random Twitter (laughs) threads at people? (laughs) Not, like, not as much, but, um, so... The way (laughs) So the way people would describe the decision is... If they disagreed with it, they would describe it as an emotional decision. Mm-hmm. And I understand describing a decision like that when you're talking about, for example, when Abby or Bellamy choose a family member over a group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that this is, you know, or when you guys were discussing it last time, it was, well, it's just because you feel bad. And so it's selfish to go with your own guilt in a particular situation because something makes you feel bad. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess what I, when I was listening and when we were debating this on Reddit, I mean, Shaheen brought up that this wasn't actually a cut and dry trolley car decision, right? It's not mm-hmm. one person you know in one car and 500 that you don't in another. And you have a certainty of one versus the 500 dying. So mm-hmm. this this was a variable of whether we think we can save these people versus we're going to try and figure out something else to save everybody else. And as Shaheen pointed out, was it's exactly what Clark did at the end of season three when she ended the City of Light. Mm-hmm. But I don't just because someone uses a different moral framework to make a decision and doesn't necessarily make the utilitarian decision doesn't mean that it's an emotionally based decision. And what I mean by that is you can decide there. And this was touched on a little bit in the debate, but they intentionally chose slavery, right? Mm -hmm. So they intentionally choose something that is supposed to morally make us very uncomfortable. And it wasn't just that they were being locked up. It's that they are enslaved people. And particularly if you're watching this in the United States, that has all sorts of connotations and things Mm -hmm. stretching back to our history. So I think it was a very intentional choice. And I think the choice to say, we will figure out a way to survive, but we're not going to allow that isn't making an emotional decision. It's making a principled decision that 
whatever else that could happen, it's not worth this. And it's the same type of decision that governments make all the time, for example, when they say, no matter what the stakes are in an for example, a national security crisis, we're not going to torture. No matter mm-hmm. what the odds are in a military offensive, we're not going to use nuclear weapons. And that's not an emotional decision. That's making a moral decision that you're just not going to cross this line. And so that's sort of what I just want to kind of bring the conversation back to. Because a lot of times when people talk about this choice, they frame it as, well, Bellamy just felt bad because the little girl with the big eyes was looking up at him. Well, but also they did frame it that way. Well, I mean, no. Harper Harper was saying, you know, we've been on this side of this. We know what they were doing. How can you let this go on? Like we've already – I mean – it, it's it's the whole theme of this of this whole season, though, of or at least at the very beginning of this season, but, yeah. each character group has been put in that in that in that yeah. question, and so it's not surprising to me that like Bellamy that they have Bellamy choose that, and that we're supposed to be upset about it. Um, but like the whole sort of narrative up until this point has been putting these characters in this sort of decision state of the same thing with Clark of like, whether or not you tell people, um, you know, and you know, the, the sort of like making the list and, and, and I feel like in this, in this last episode, they, they talked about it as well. Um, like, uh, Jasper talking to her anyway, sorry, I have it, I have it in my notes and we'll, we'll like get into it or whatever, but you know, it's consistent with the other sort of, Hey, we have to like be who we are. Oh no, Kane, Kane protecting Ilian and being like, right. we're not going to be those people who like, you know, mm-hmm. form a mentality. Um, right. And it's a choice that the show, I mean, it's something the show's been exploring since the first season, you know, wh- who we are, to, what we yeah. do to survive and who we are, two different things. And, and the show really kind of digging into it and being like, well. But that um, decision then would actually place Bellamy to like not saving them. Like, because the who we are and who we need to be to survive, well, they would like to probably think that who they are is people who do not allow, you know, these people to be kept as slavery. Mm-hmm. But who we are to survive, well, that they, was put, we need to leave them. And that quote originally came up in the context of torturing someone to mm-hmm. save someone mm-hmm. else. Yeah. So, and I mean, I, I was just thinking about it again, particularly as we get into these episodes and you have this discussion going on with Luna and we know where that eventually ends up. Um, but saying, well, if humanity continues to make these kinds of choices, then at the end of the, of the day, is that what we are? And is that worth all those lines that you cross? If that ultimately becomes who you are, then why is that worth it? But I don't, I guess I don't get that perspective because for me, everything is so situational. And so you make the best but situation situ- make in a situation. And I know, yeah, there's like, there are issues of like rationalizing and I get that. But like, the thing is they're in a cruci- crucible of a situation, but if you allow not it going to be there forever, but supposedly, you, yeah. But if you allow it to be situational, that's where you always end up crossing the line. So anytime well, I guess it's always situational though. And well, like, unless, unless you just draw a bright line and say, we're not going to do that. But where is the line? Well, you can draw a line, for example, we're not going to torture someone. We're not going to allow people to be enslaved. We either find another way or we live with the consequences. But when it's when you're not actually saving anybody by releasing them for a little bit of time. Well, it but see the thing is is it was variables, right? So Yeah. And you and you chose the the 
you chose a riskier future for more people because you're not willing to cross the line. But you're not, I, I just don't see what the positive impact is of letting them go. I just, I don't see that. Of not leaving them in slavery? Basically, because it's, I think like there's, if you're looking at the variable of things, like why not take the thing home that you cannot reproduce when you could come back and try to find them, like what? send a party to go find them. I mean, but you're managing, I mean, you, cause you were managing the variables and the way that they set up the story was purposefully to think that you wouldn't be able to find them again. Right. Which were shitty. They, they set up shitty. Last time. I am right. I am mad because like, here's like I said this last time, they're in like a steel encasement, which A, maybe like if they're working with Rome, say like, hey, we realize you saw a farm station. Maybe you guys can patch that up and that can be your plan B because Arcadia is ours. No, I know. No, I, I, I agree that there's a lot of things that you can poke holes in. I guess <laughs> yeah. when, when I was listening last week. But if we're going to poke holes in that you can only save the slaves now and that's the only thing you can do at this point, then, like, I think that's as much a hole anywhere else. I'm not sure. What do you mean? I mean that, like, you're saying that the framing is that they can only save them now. And I'm saying the framing seems like it's a variable either way. Welcome to plot force. Like, (laughs) that's, like, not to be whatever, like, this... I feel like this sort of very beginning set of episodes, and maybe I'll change my tune as we get, as we continue the rewatch, but I feel like, especially like I've noticed it in these few episodes that we watched for this week, there's a lot of uh-huh. forceful exposition of like, this is this, and this is that, and that's why we yeah. have to do this. And you're kind of yeah. like, so that's totally what this was, was like, we want, we need to like make this happen, get Riley into the story, yeah. remove this possibility. Well, it, so it should have been, let's do they're some killing us tomorrow. If that note said they're killing us tomorrow. Well, but if they're then kill- I'd be like, eh. Well, but I mean, I think part of it was, uh, well, I mean, this is a whole other debate, but whether somebody would want to continue their existence in slavery or just die, I don't know which one was. I, That's not our decision. Well, but I'm saying I don't know which one would be worse. I think what they set up of people living day to day in an, in, an enslaved oh, situation was mm-hmm. purposefully supposed to make us stop and say, what are you willing to live with? And I think it's something that the show, particularly in these episodes through Luna and Kane, uh-huh. is raising. Uh, there's a lot of characters like Roan saying, are we just going to keep, even if we save everyone, then what happens? Do we just keep killing each other? Or Nyla, when they're about to execute Ilian, saying, we're not that different after all. Or Bellamy in the jail cell saying, whatever we do, we just end up back here. And I think mm-hmm. the show, like a lot of science fiction shows, is asking, do we just keep repeating the same mistakes? Right. And how do you mm-hmm. how do you break out of that? And so, well, but, so well, oh, is breaking out of it just giving up? It's not giving up. It's saying we are gonna we are gonna like, for example, what Kane did with Ilian, we're we're gonna stop handling things a certain way, no matter the fallout. You have to start drawing lines. So it's well, the, it's the same debate that our government has over torture. You know, when the Senate debates, are we going to allow in certain situations the CIA to torture people? And the, and the response is always, but what if they have really important information and the DC metro is about to be blown up? Like blown up, right? So mm-hmm. that's always the debate. It could save all these lives. What if all these people die and you still come back to? But we 
are saying it's a society. We're not going to do that. And so that's all. I'm not saying I totally also saw your the other what you guys were saying regarding the choice. What I just wanted to say is I don't think making a choice to not cross a certain moral line is an emotional one. It's just using a different moral framework to make a choice. I feel like that is a fantastic argument and like yes. makes total sense. And we should pick that thread back up when we get more into the into the discussion this these week's episodes. Yep. Yep. Cool. Um, thanks, guys. Thanks for like hashing <laughs> it out. Um, before we actually get into it, though, I forgot to ask you guys what you're drinking. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm drinking Mountain Town White, which is, is there, there's this winery. Is there an ice cube? It's literally it? like, no, actually, it was cold enough, but I should have put an ice cube in it anyways to solidify my basic bitch status. <laughs> Um, but this place is literally like two feet from the hotel. So I like super went far to get this. Um, but it's good. It's like a blend of like other wines supposedly from California. Okay. Um, and it's, I don't know. It's really yummy. All right. So I totally recommend Mountain Town Winery in Park City. <laughs> I feel like Joe, you should start having sponsorships. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, right. <laughs> How am I going to, who is going to sponsor this, us and what does that mean? Write that down on our vision board. Vision, right, like okay. this, yeah, like this, this episode of May We Geek Again is brought to you by Right and Proper, a local DC <laughs> brewery. I mean, we're basically, you just want feet free beer. Like this is, <laughs> you just want free beer. Yes. Yes, yes we do. What, what, I, what are you drinking? I am drinking um, a local brewery, Right and Proper, to DC, <laughs> and it's called... Oh. Uh, raised by wolves, which Ooh. I guess would be better for like a Game of Thrones podcast, but um, it's a dry hopped pale ale. Mm. That sounds delicious. Everything with their goddamn hops and shit. Um, <laughs> cool. That those both sound possibly delicious, possibly terrible. Um, either way, I hope that they are effective and that this podcast devolves into just a disaster because um, that's clearly what people come back for. All right. <laughs> On that note, um, I, I'm I'm not drinking anything besides water, but uh, you know, frequent listeners will understand, and I'm so sorry in advance. Let's <laughs> get uh, <laughs> into the episodes. Um, do you guys have like any overall yes. takes, sort of different from what we've already discussed, in in, in terms oh. of like leaderships and bright lines and whatnot? Bubs, you said that you liked these episodes more this time around. I know that, like, I did. You guys had a lot of issues with sort of rapid I mean, plot and lack of characters uh, the first few. I, so, is that changing? Yeah. Well, I think so. This is. I thought this was the first time I was rewatching, but I think this is actually the third time I was rewatching. The first time, I just felt still like a dumpster fire of emotion <laughs> for like every episode after four hundred three. Jesus, why? <laughs> like. Uh, because it's just like so many decisions that were made. I'm like, what on earth? Like, why are they like framing it like this? Why are these characters not like having like resolutions to their throwdowns? Like, why? Like, it just it felt very disjointed to me, and it felt like too much focus was on um, everything but the actual characters. And and that's like we we're not watching for plot. We're not watching like. <laughs> We're watching for how these characters interact with the plot and each other. Like, they're just, they're the biggest part of it, not everything else, at least to me. So, like, that's why I think this season has been my least favorite, because it just 
we went from season three where that was already kind of having um, cracks. Mm -hmm. And so this was supposed to patch up those cracks. And instead, we're just, (laughs) I mean, I think the analogy is that some people are in space, some people are on the ground, some people are underground, everyone's separated. (laughs) Um, And that's how I feel about these characters is that they, the whole season is pulling them apart. Um, And it was, it's tough. It was really tough to watch. Um, this time, because I think I was taking notes for the podcast, I was able to like focus on other aspects. Um, and so it brought my enjoyment up in terms of being forced to look at details of other things. Um, so yeah, I think that's what made me enjoy it more. That's nice. I mean, I said, I said, I'm not sure really why in my notes, but like, I guess, I guess it's fine. I'm glad you <laughs> need to talk it through. Like you needed to find that answer yourself. Cause it was our, it was always there, bubs. Yeah. It was always there. That was like, thank you for the therapy. <laughs> I'll, I'll Venmo you. <laughs> Super. I wonder what like emoji you would use for like therapy and in, in when Venmoing, you know, like how like. Yeah, I, I, no, it's the thoughtful face, mm. and then the, and then the light bulb, and then the money signs. Okay, yeah, that's what it is. Okay, cool. Um, Cece, what about what about you? Um, I see some notes here about about Luna's arc. Um, though I guess that's kind of the whole what we were talking about um, before. Yeah, I mean, I, I found. There was a lot of discussion about whether Luna's turn for the conclave was too sudden or didn't have enough of a foundation. On rewatch, man, it's just so tragic, right? I mean, you see sort of the push and pull about what she thinks about humanity and what she's struggling with. And that conversation with Raven, um, is it in 404, Mm -hmm. um, when she's deciding whether or not to leave? I mean, just watching all of her scenes, knowing where it's going to end up, it's just, I, I, I don't know. It just made me think a lot watching them. Um, the other thing was, I think, Joe, like you pointed out in, in the last episode, some of the foreshadowing is so, man, it's just it's just all there yeah. and so pain, painful when you rewatch like some yeah. lines. You're like, like when Clark says to Nyla, oh, well, you know, now that the arc burned down, at least we won't have to shut 450 people out and share a space with us. Gator. Ouch. And you're like, Ouch. Ouch. And you're like, oh, my God. Fun right? fact, Clark. Oh, no. Oh, so I actually didn't pick up on that at all. Uh, and you're like, oh, Jesus. Um, yeah. But I think uh, one of the things, and you guys know I'm obsessed with, with this in general, I mean, the whole lying Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. people lying who lies to who Rowan and Clark how uh, it, it's just anytime anyone is lying it ends up making it worse like in these episodes it's going like on a, a, a lesson to teach a, ki- a little kid be like now listen <laughs> little five-year-olds let's watch the hundred and see how lying to the people ultimately kills a bunch of people and it's bad <laughs> Yeah, it's bad. I mean, there's just a lot. I mean, when we go through, there's just a lot of examples. But even stretching all into later events in the season about various relationships or alliances that disintegrate because people keep withholding things, mm-hmm. whether by omission or misrepresentation, that it's just um, it's just really interesting. But I, in some ways, I'd be curious if it's sort of like almost a commentary on even at the end of the world – people gonna people. You know yeah, what I mean? we just can't, right? I mean, and also just, 
you know, I, I, the whole show gets into leadership and what persuades people and how do you get people to follow and manage people. But this whole idea, particularly with Clark's arc, about whether there are just certain things you have to do as a leader mm-hmm. or whether that position corrupts your point of view about what you have to do. Um, and it goes all the way back to like Jake and Jaha and Abby and mm-hmm. Kane, right? I mean, so. I mean, there's levels to that though, because I feel like they're still forced to do things like if you commit a crime, you die. And like, there's a reason for that. It's not because they're like, well, why don't we just do mean things for people? Um, yeah, I mean, we can get into the specific episodes, but when people choose to withhold the truth uh-huh. from the public. It doesn't go well. Um, you they, they are doing it out of thinking that people will react out of fear, but they themselves are making that decision out of fear. And then it ends up always making things worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, with, with all of that in mind, because um, we already sort of got into a little bit of foreshadowing stuff, um, do you guys want to get into into the ap- actual episodes? Yeah. Awesome. Um, so last week, we kind of did it as like themes, like like sort of dividing up locations. Um, this week, I actually sort of set it up as like on a per episode basis, like maybe that would be a little bit easier to cover m- multiple episodes. But, but obviously, like spoilers abound. So you're welcome yeah. to like hop back and forth if it's relevant to like you know, whatever it is that we're talking about. Like, you don't have to just stay strictly within an episode. Um, I thought this was easier. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Easier to take notes on for sure. Um, I'm trying to think, where did we start in 404? That episode opened with uh, Jasper floating Jaha, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, Yes. Yeah, like let's let's kind of start there and sort of I guess talk a little bit about about Jasper, about Jaha, about that beginning of that episode. Um, I just thought to myself, how much is the show going to miss Jasper? Uh, <laughs> the shaving cream thing was funny. It was funny. The floating, it was so good, and the floating thing was hilarious. Like just the black humor was just. It was it good. Was, yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Better question. How much is the show going to miss Kim? Because that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, though, if you ask Jen, uh, you know, Kim will never be forgiven for killing Helios. Uh, or no, no, not Nico. Helios. Or what? Nico. Nico. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But I was thinking about this. Um, if Echo and Nyla get together, Nico is back. Wait, oh, what? What? Think about it. Name. Oh. <laughs> think about it. <sighs> Yeah. That was like, how did you make a fucking hundred pun? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Wine? <laughs> um, yeah, and that, that chip was born out of, what was that one tweet that we saw, Chick, that we were like, oh, oh, that would make so much more sense. Um, about Echo, basically. Oh, that she was she was dating Ontari at some point. Yes. Oh, and yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. And that was like such a great like because um for some of us who are having a harder time with Echo, <laughs> we just we have nothing to go off of. So if if you go like if you create this headcanon around Echo was with Antari, um, and um and she died as a result of Allie and technology is tied to Sky Crew, you see more of like why she would have behaved the way she does. And um, 
season four. Plus, there's really uh, good like angst backstory with uh, like Echo yeah. becoming a spy, like yeah, exactly. like not living in Asgeta and like Antari, you know, being yeah, raised. and even like even in like season three, like allowing the mountain to be blown up um, because she's trying to help her get her position in um, get Lux's position, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like, that would have been some good fucking angst. Yeah. Right? Yep. I feel like there's still time. I, so, <laughs> and know, then, like, epic writers go forth. <laughs> yeah. Um, sort of, like, fills it in. She ends up talking, and then Murphy's sitting there looking super uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And they're, like, like, like yes. Echo is talking about it with Bellamy. Like, they're in the, you know, they're in the spaceship or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she's sharing it, like, family dinner. Like, you know, because I, I picture them and, having family dinner. And Murphy dinners. just... Is like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's the the pick where um everyone is at the table eating the mush, but Murphy's not there. That's why because she that's where she's talking about it, and he's like, ah, Homer Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> he just disappears. And you're like, where the fuck? Um, that would be amazing. This is the greatest headcanon. Mm-hmm. I know this ever. is right. Yeah, because it would help so much. It would help. It would help so and much. That's good <laughs> conflict between Echo and Murphy. That's also a little funny. Exactly. Also, except, and then I can't empathize with Echo at that. Like that's like where I can come and be like, oh, okay, go. Uh, and Echo <laughs> comes, you know, blazing into four hundred one and it's like slicing everyone's throat. And she, right. Because she's so angry. Yeah. And morning. They just wow. Pop, right. This uh, is good. Mm-hmm. Wait, right? wait. Is, you just want to make Echo gay so that she, that, that she no, and Bella don't get together. Shut your mouth. <laughs> I, I don't hate that aspect of it. I will be honest. But at the same time, it fixes so much for me outside of that. Like, it's not about that. It's just like a meaty story. It's a meaty story. Like, it just makes so much more sense. And it's just why, I honestly, it just goes to so much. Is there's so, even going back and watching these episodes, there's so much antagonism with Asgata and so yeah. little backstory as to why that I just want to like fill in the blank. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I, I feel like this is a really good blank filler. Like, yeah, right. It would be. It, it just hits all the dots. And like you know, gay shit, angst, uh, forbidden love, mm-hmm. uh, you know, unrequited shit. Somebody dies. It's good, but you know, yeah, mm-hmm. solid. Okay, cool. Well, that was a tangent. Um, what's wait? But what's the ship name, Bubs? Nyko. No, 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 no. Oh wait, no. Uh, oh right, right, right. That's like the future. Um, because like think of the balance. Ec- Anyways, like what? Like um, going back. Ectar. Huh. Ektari Onteco. <laughs> I'm making a note in, in, the, in my notes to say what should the ship name be. Yeah, readers, like um, listeners, let us know. Listeners, let us know. I mean, I'm sure it already exists. Like, there are thirsty people out there. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, well, that was yeah. That was a that was a fun little rabbit hole to go down to. <laughs> um, I can get us back on track. Jaha. Yeah, Jaha. So- um, I actually, I just had a moment where, um, in, at the beginning of this episode where Jaha wakes up on the mattress and like everyone's laughing, um, and he just kind of like takes it in stride and it, it made me realize like how good his like sort of like, um, I won't call it a redemption arc because he's already saved so many lives. <laughs> um, I will call it like his rehumanization. Uh-huh. Um, you kind of like. 
it's it's so it, to, for me it was easy to fall back into like Jaha's just a person like trying his best um and the way that like he what episode was it 403 where he um he is okay with just separating scraps um, well, you're not, you're like, I'll do that like the first time watching it, I was like, A, they're gonna make me like like Jaha like again and not mad at him. And B, like, does he have to be such a smug, like Zen motherfucker about it too? Like I'm just like Yeah, he's a little Zen. Ugh. Uh, yes, like, you're also, so much better than us, Jaha. You're it's so, so amazing. character, though. It is so in character back to season one. And that's like what is astonishing to me is that like um, so many times, like I struggle because I, I feel like the plot is moving too much of the characters and the characters themselves. Um, and Jaha like defies that because he's always been kind of like that. Um, and I thought, I think that's interesting and that's like awesome. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on, on Jaha, Cece? Um, you mean just being the episode? Um, I mean, it is. I mean, he has basically like saved everyone on Earth um, again, and again, 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 and again. And and I mean, when you learn, I think maybe it was before this particular set of episodes that he, you know, this is something that folks talked about on. I remember posting like on Reddit saying why it was such a surprise to me that Jasper. I mean, that Jaha didn't know that Prime Fire was coming, mm-hmm. and just should make the audience stop and think how much was he in control when he was in the city of light because we don't hold yeah. we don't hold anything against anybody else for the actions that they took when they were chipped but we yeah. but we hold Daha accountable but why you know for example Ali using Abby holding a scalpel or Ali using Raven and what she knows about her friends why is that any different than Ali using Jaha and his talent for knowing how to Agreed. how to manipulate or lead people and saying, oh, well, you have to leverage that you you can't overcome their free will, but you can leverage it by using people they care about against them. So we, we seem to take that as a clue that he was somehow more in control than anybody than other people in the city of light. But given how little he knew about why she was doing what she was doing just makes me kind of step back to say, why do we hold so much of it against him? And there, we never had any indication that he was anything special apart from being the first person yeah, I mean, fr- to take the From chip. the moment we see him at the beginning of season three, he's chipped. Yep. Right. Yeah. And so we don't even know what that, what his, what it took to get him chipped as well. I, I mean, I don't think very much because he didn't, he was looking for the city of lights. That was his goal. And he found it. So I don't think he, I don't think it was hard to convince him. But I, I just, you know, and what was he doing for that whole fucking time though? Like, I just, I, you know, I have a lot of questions about, and, and, and what if, you know, from a, from a programming standpoint, you would give Jaha the chip and then you would do like bug fixes kind of a thing. Like, so I wonder what, so that's she was just betaing him the whole yeah, time. Yeah, kind of. Like I that's what I would imagine that would have happened like, you know, having him around for like 2 months. Like I'm sure that the programming code that was in the final chip, you know, that they were going to give to everyone was probably not exactly the same. Like I wonder if there were like weird learning curves. I have a lot of like unrequited, unfulfilled sort of questions about what what could have happened in 
in the city of light. But, you know, these are things that we're never going to get. So it's interesting that we're getting sort of this weird <laughs> rehumanization of of Jaha. Yeah. And it's good. Yeah. I like it. It is. I mean, yeah. Poor Shaheen was not getting what he wanted. <laughs> and he's always been good, unlike a lot of our other leaders on the show. Yeah. Like, is Jaha light? Like, like uh, Jasper calling Clark Jaha light? Is that is that a bad thing? I mean, I don't, I don't understand that well, either. I, I mean, I, cause he's t- terrible, but well, is he terribly good at saving lives? Well, it's, it's interesting because there's a lot. I mean, if you were going to like try and compare Clark to Kane to Jaha, not only in results, but also by methods, there are a lot, there are so many, there are differences. For example, when they were going to do the culling in the first season and it was the original, originally envisioned culling where they were just going to kill people in their sleep and lie about it. Mm-hmm. Jaha was, had every intention of being among the people to die. At first. Yes. At first until he got convinced not to do that. But that's, uh, there's a lot of other leaders on the show that haven't been willing to, live with the consequences of their decision, right? Mm-hmm. Or die is probably the better way to say it. Um, mm-hmm. I think we see that with like, with Lexa and Roan who have said, and Roan said this, what episode was it? 405? 405. Um, where he's like, he's the king. It's not up to his people what they think. Um, and like, that's similarly mirrored with what Lexa said. You have to be ready to send your soldiers in to die for you. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't think it's – I think that they're more literal with how they say it. But, yeah, I think there's times where I think even even Jaha um, has acted the same way. Yeah, but you just remember how good he is at, in a crowd, yes. right? I mean, the scene at the end with the list. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's, let's talk about the list. Like, that's, that's sort of a big – But it was still a lie. The list? Well, yeah. When he tells everyone a lottery. Yeah. But like, I think that's, that's left open to, she's like, but we could end up with bad results and he doesn't answer. And I think that's never. Cause he was always planning to, to call like he called people, you know, remember at the end with the bunker, like he didn't always know that the bunker was going to happen, but like, I think he always planned to maybe put his finger on the scale. Well, I mean, yeah. what they end up when they're given, when they are put in the position of having to do it again. Yeah. But you don't come think up with- that when it came time to actually, like, do it, that, like, to to sort of, you know. Well, we know. Draw, draw, draw names out of a hat or whatever to actually do the lottery that he wouldn't be like, all right, now everybody go to bed with your loved ones and we're going to separate them in the morning. And then but we, he would have done the exact same but thing. But we know because the well, proposal. Because in 312, before everything goes to shit, they come up with a hybrid, essential personnel, and then a lottery for the rest. Right. So, but but the point is that they never Clark's list at the end. But he never intended to let the lottery be a thing. Yeah. Like, do we think that even at that time in 404 that he intended to be honest with the lottery? I think they left that open. So it is. I, mean, I think that. So we are saying that. Like, I think. They, I, I think that's interesting. They, that, like yeah. to want your audience to to have that. Open. I mean, I I came away the first time I watched that scene, so furious 
Um, because you have what Jasper and Monty like pointed out, you're making decisions for other people, you're lying to them, you're not, you're trust, you're basically treating the public like they're children and they can't handle the truth. And you're making decisions for them. I mean, and who's to say, I mean, I know a lot of times, I mean, I love Clark and yes, Clark does have good judgment and good ideas, but as Shaheen was talking last week, she's not a superhero. She's not always, she doesn't necessarily always have the best idea. She's not always right. So when Raven says, let's crowdsource the problem seems to me like when you're facing like the actual end of the world, you should maybe get some more viewpoints on ways to solve the problem. And like, I think someone can check the list, but at the end of the day, there has to be a list. Because if you think about like the mathematics of repopulating the earth, um, scientifically, ideally you'd have 160 people. I mean, you you can, Um, with genetic engineering, it's 80. I mean, but you can have it. It's there's no room to have a lottery um, because you need to have specific markers for those. Well, people. I mean, that's but that's precisely the debate people should be permitted to have, right? But it's not a debate. <laughs> <laughs> you're <laughs> because why even try then? Why even save anyone? Because you're not saving anyone. So I don't. If you're if you're gonna save people, save people. No, no, you you're talking about saving people as in saving humanity, like to preserve a species. Is that not what the goal is like now? Like, is that not what what they were trying to do? I mean, I think that you pro- I don't understand why you couldn't have come up like they were proposing at the end, a hybrid or at least have the discussion. And and here's here's a, just another point in terms of get the, getting things done, even if that's your ultimate objective. The reason why people are pissed at the end of this episode is, number one, that they were lied to. If you had co- sure. if you had come to them and said exactly that, Bubs, here here's what we're facing. We only have a hundred spots. We all want humanity to survive. The best way to do that is X, Y, and Z. Let's talk. Let's have a debate. If if we have this many engineers, should it be somebody with experience but a lesser life expectancy like Jaha, or should it be somebody who's younger and has more years to live like Monty but less experience? And those are sort of the debates about the methodology that you can have, and you get people to buy in. And right, I mean, I think right, um, you're being reasonable, and the show is not setting up these well, sort of no, no, but like situations. think about it. But, Think about it. With the culling, you had um, they needed 320 people to volunteer, basically. And they found out the same way that people found out here. It was a leak of information that was not sanctioned. So they found out the same way, but had a very different reaction no, to it. And I feel like there's a reason. Everybody went no, right back there's to a reason. Everybody went right. I mean, despite being lied to and despite. No, because they gave them a fake. That's where it's like, I think it was a fake but Kirsten, still four, lying. But four out of five people are still going to die and they all went back yeah, to work. But, but it's very different. So the culling, no, I don't think that they went back to work. They went back to work because they think that they have a chance. But they know that they have, it's four out of five people don't and they still went back to work. But I, I mean, but I'm just, saying, <laughs> no, no, but think about it. You're saying that like you're going based on that what Jaha said was true. And I don't think that it was true at all. But to them, so still, but no, no, but how is that different from Clark lying to them? It's still a lie. It's just I don't, it worked better. I don't, I'm not saying any of the lies are good. I'm saying that they don't trust the crowd to be reasonable. And the crowd proves, at least in this episode and the previous episode, that people are capable, 
of being reasonable. Because it's still a lie. They went back to work based on a lie. But no matter what, no matter how, if you, (laughs) if you, I'm sorry. (laughs) If you look time and time again in this season or even back with the culling, when leaders take the time to explain to people, no matter how bad the circumstances are, but it's and, still a lie. And, and no, but not not in three, not in three uh, twelve. It's not a lie. They're having a lottery, and everybody's going to die, and everybody's but still. They, st- they say it's a lottery, and then they use Clark's list. But that the only reason why that just let the only reason why that happens is because then one of the leaders whips everybody up to fight. Until Jaha did that, everybody was sitting there being like, oh, my name didn't get called and hugging their loved one, accepting that they were going to die. So when people actually take the time in the show to talk to people and explain things in a reasonable way, and as Kane put it, appeal to people's better natures, the, the crowd usually rises to the occasion. When except, le- except when Kane tried to do that. Trying to save Ilian and the crowd was but, not having his but, bullshit. But here's the thing about so, and we can, uh, because this has ended up, I wrote about this the way that episode, Kane and Jaha never really like get into a debate and address a crowd. Kane is, be- the crowd is behind the closed doors. Kane tells David Miller, we can't do it that way. The crowd comes in and he's holding a gun. He never has a debate with the father of the five-year-old Hardy. Jaha never answers him in the bar. There's no, like, debate. Okay. So you, you're you pro-debate. That's what needs to happen before before you can convince hearts and minds. I mean, I th- don't you think you people should at least try? I mean, sure, but what fucking show are you watching? <laughs> like, you're asking for time to yeah, develop. Nobody got time for that. that. You know what? I don't, but I don't, I actually, this is not me saying I want to watch a show about democracy and I want people to follow parliamentary procedure. <laughs> in the show and in the dialogue, you have characters like Monty saying the public might surprise you. You have characters like Jasper saying, if you think you have the better idea, you have to actually try and convince people. And not just lie to them. That's true. Well, I bet it. That's. I think it's a conversation the show wants us to have because characters are pointing this out to Clark, and they're showing us sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, and that's like the tension that leaders have to deal with. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, this season just has a lot of scenes of people addressing a crowd or or choosing not to, and then you you see what happens. Mm-hmm. Nothing good. <laughs> Nothing good. Um, let's move on to to talking about sort of the the Bellamy as Gata of it all. Or no, I'm sorry. Do you want to talk about your Max and foreshadowing? I apologize, Cece. Oh, no. They were just cute in the little cave. That's okay. All. Well, well, we'll get to Science Island. Sorry, I noticed you were there in the run sheet. Um, but we'll get to Science, Science Island uh, afterwards. Um, but we should, we should talk about um, the sort of Bellamy... Uh, you know, leadership stuff, uh, or sorry, no matter what we do, we end up here. That's in your notes, Cece. Um, do you want to? Yeah, I mean, it is interesting in these episodes, like Bellamy is so over it with these like fights, <laughs> right? With Escada, like he's like, all right, so you have me chained up and Echo just like, I mean, 
it is interesting to me. Like, there's been such great fandom discourse about Echo and seeing things from her point of view. And mm-hmm. I'm excited about her potential for next season. But these particular set of episodes, <laughs> she's such a pain in the ass. Oh my God. <laughs> like, I can't believe that you guys don't see sort of the 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 sort of very subtle reactions that you're that, that Tassie is like putting out. Like she is conflicted. Like she's not She is conflicted because she failed her her what she was trying to do. You don't think <laughs> she that was she commanded is... to do something and she failed. She's a you... bad assassin. You don't think that, that part of it is remorse at hurting Bellamy? Like you well, don't no, see that? No, because she, at what point she gets, okay, so she kills the guy in front of Bellamy and Kane. No problem. Like she's happy to do it. She slices and, up. Well, and you know what that reminded me of? Remember, um, at Unity Days, Tasia and Zach McGowan were talking about how many times in the show they nodded each other. <laughs> and then and then Echo's just supposed to know what that nod meant. <laughs> and then like they were like, how, oh how do they know? How do they know? Like Roan just nods and she slices the guy's throat. And they're like such a what, go with the G, sorry. Right. They're like, sometimes the nod means let him go, or sometimes the <laughs> nod means slice his throat. And there's no distinction between nods. So they're well, like, how do they know? But like there was that moment. That yes, yes, nodding. But there was that moment where, like, you know, Echo asks Bellamy if, oh my God, am I like, I'm like trying to convince you of Becca the way that you guys try to convince me of Lark. But just like to be like, you know, do you think we can ever trust each other again? And like Bellamy's like, no. Obviously not. (laughs) Obviously not. And, but you know, she like very clearly was a bit hurt by that. And I think that like when, when, why? Realize that Octavia. Her girlfriend blow up. (laughs) His girlfriend blow up. Like, Come on. What do you think? <laughs> no, no, no. So I didn't – I'm so – I I didn't even mean to go here. What I was just meaning to say was Echo – like yeah. you have – like in the Tinder box, you have everyone on Sky Crew being like, wait, please be so careful not to shoot anyone in this army that's about to invade us. Remember, like the radiation is the enemy and not any of these people yeah. that are here to invade Daddy us. And then, and then you have Echo just being like – I'm not going to like fuck him up, like lock Monty up. I'm going to chain. I'm going to keep Bellamy chained, like slice this guy's throat. She's just so I forgot how much of an an antagonist she's meant to be setting up where she's going to end up with them. Yeah, but I also see it as sort of a like she is controlling the things that she knows how to control. Like imagine knowing because I don't think Asgeta's army knows the army itself doesn't know, right? They no. just think that they are marching to take over uh, Arcadia because that's what they do. But like, right. they don't know about Prime Fire yet. And so, but she does, right? She doesn't believe it really. She doesn't believe it, but like she knows. And so like, I think that in sort of an out of control sort of situation, she's doing what she knows how to do. But like, I don't even like think that it's an percent head cannon. Like you're head cannoning it. This is what we see from her is like it, it is a lot of killing. It is a lot of But she's I don't always know how better. killed. Like she's yeah. not doing anything different. Yeah. I didn't say that she was. So I don't know. Have we had someone? That's actually an interesting question. Have we has there for example, was there anyone from Tree Crew that like even when Indra was first introduced and was scary as heck, like remember mm-hmm. like that scene with Abby trying like going to face Indra over Finn and you're just like, oh my God, like just so scared for Abby because Indra's so intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't remember th- just like indiscriminately like slicing people's throats with the slightest provocation. But that's tree crew. Like, ob- like, like the whole thing is that Asgata is the Cobra Kai of grounders. <laughs> that, that doesn't give her a pass. Yeah, I mean, it's because just- we know nothing else about her other than she freaking loves killing people. So what's wrong? Um, so, she, so she freaking loves killing people. And well, so here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. So we're we're valuing the characters based on what we know about them. And while many characters have done very questionable, horrific things, we have context and we intimately know the character. So we can place where, where their actions are directed by all these other things. When it comes to Echo, we don't know that. So it's she is purely antagonistic in the sense that she everything that she does is against the people that we've given we are given perspective for. So what you need, I'm I'm realizing this because I think that that sort of where the disconnect is. I I watch Echo with a very um, sort of Lexa filter, which is like a lot of like you're filling in the blanks. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So so there's like in the Lexa filter in terms of 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 sort of subtle, much more subtle expressions. Um, you know, but, but, but you need the, you need the table push scene with Clark for that, like that break in sort of to see like beneath and to see sort of like, oh, there's like a whole, you know, that, that whole, like, you think our ways are harsh, like, but it's how we survive. Like, you know, maybe there should be more about, you know, than just survival, more, more to life. Like, I, I feel like that's the the thing that's needed because before that, even with just Lexa, we hadn't seen her be anything more than like really fucking harsh um well we've met and other i mean roan has always been presented to us as the outsider from his clan right right? and the reasonable one that doesn't kill as much and we never had an explanation for why esqueda has been like ever the aggressor the last to join the coalition and so if echo is slaves Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we, we don't know whether that was sanctioned or, or a one-off thing because they didn't know Roan was king. So, I mean, but we just, we never had, and I actually asked about it when, um, at Unity Days and as to whether, you know, were there things cut? Were there things in the script that gave more of a background? And Zach McGowan was basically like, no. Um, <laughs> it was, it was always, it was always meant to kind of just, uh, what, what what did he say? One per one person's terrorist is another person's freedom fighter. Like the idea that it's all about point of view, and that he and Tasia Tellis would actually make up backstory for themselves a lot, um, going into a scene. So I, I mean, I think it's it's what Bubs is saying is that there's just a lot of blanks. And so when I was rewatching, um. And at the end of the season, Echo is becoming a lot more interesting because all of that is starting to crack. But on rewatch, I just forgot what an antagonist. I mean, she's intended to be the antagonist, right? Like mm-hmm. she is a pain in everyone's ass um, who's not yeah. Rowan. Um, and a little bit sometimes I mean, even- with Rowan too. Like he was not pleased yeah. that she killed uh, a yeah, Right. Or she's poking at him about you're taking yeah. this approach and you're right. Like she's the she wants him to be more ruthless and more. She's, she's orthodoxy. Yeah. She's as Gata orthodoxy. She thinks nightblood mm-hmm. is blasphemy. Right. So we just don't have a lot of background as to where that all comes from, I guess is what I'm saying. But, um, and I just, but the same could be said about like the entire, any, any of the clans really, but you know, especially as Gata. But then again, we've seen Nia, Nia, 
Um, and we've seen, uh, we saw Antari, like we know who Asgeta is. So I don't think that Echo being this like antagonist is outside of. Like, but why does she get a pass? Because they're terrible. Like, why does that give her a pass? What, what, I, I don't understand what pass. It's, I don't, it's like, because everyone from Asgeta is terrible, it's okay that Echo is terrible. It's not okay. It just, it just is. She just is like terrible. Like, I don't. <laughs> I, I, but like the thing with like the Roan, the distinction is that he is more moderate outside of his people. That he like is he takes the time to like consider the situation and make a decision based on what's presented to him. Um, I mean, but what versus is- Echo takes the stance of the opposite, which like like Chick said, the orthodoxy of Asgeta. Um, and so, from that perspective, it's like the the hardcore bad guy versus the the moderate. Right, but that's just know. how we're supposed to see her. Like that's just how the perspective is supposed to be. Well, then what's wrong with seeing her like that? I mean, nothing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're totally putting you on the Echo's button. That's not what I meant. And I still have something like a little bit mean to Echo to go through later. Um, and so I'm so sorry in advance. Well, but I mean, uh, so I forgot about, so I, I, anyway, I was just like, oh, wow, she really was the antagonist, antagonist at this point in the season. But in the jail scene, when before Bellamy finds out that Octavia dies, mm-hmm. when he says to Kane, no matter what we do, we end up here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the next episode, when he says to Echo, like, aren't you sick of the sides? I mean, it's just the whole tribalism as it's heading down the season to them becoming one crew. And we know that maybe a potential theme of season five is all these people are having to live together. And there's a theme of what is unity. I think, you know, this just interesting theme of do we always like, it's just just what humanity is that we Mm -hmm. always repeat these same patterns and we always fall into our, basically our tribes and just kind of repeat the same mystiques over and over again. And Bellamy is just really freaking weary in these couple episodes. So can we still talk Mm -hmm. about, this is like just a little nitpick or whatever that I still noticed. I remember the audio mixing being terrible um, the first time around watching. And then I was hoping that they would fix it like before they stuck it on Netflix. But again, like when Bellamy finds out that, you know, Octavia is dead and you're like watching him break down in the jail cell and then the music is just so fucking loud and uh, God, like the mu- I, I have a lot of issue with the sound mixing this season and kind of, I'm not, I'm hard to win over with emotional things in the first place. But then when you like <laughs> just really fucking heavy hand it, like it kind of killed Aww. a lot of it for me. Oh, that sucks that it ca- I I really felt that scene. I like he did a great job. I, I just couldn't deal with the audio. He did a great job. Um, well, it's like such a hard scene to do. I feel like as an actor to like uh, be so vocally like distressed. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I think it's it's gre- It's so raw that it like made yeah, really feel uncomfortable. It and makes I'm, uncomfortable, but it might have been more powerful if it had just been. Uh-huh. Silence. Other than yeah. that, yeah. And it's funny because I think he did such a good job acting that, like, so before we had seen the episode, there was a discussion on Reddit because I don't know if it was the promo for that episode that this showed up in. Um, I think it was. I think it was the promo for the episode. So on Reddit, there's like theorizing as to what he was upset about, or was it in the trailer? Anyways, there, there's theorizing before the episode 
um, as to what he was reacting mm-hmm. to. And I was just like, I saw him like, it's Octavia. It's clearly Octavia. Um, and so I felt like very like vindicated the action of Octavia. <laughs> um, because some people are like, no, he's obviously in pain. I'm like, no, he is in pain, but it's emotional pain. <laughs> Uh, but like he, he's just such a good yeah. actor. No, I, I mean know. it was it was great. I mean, and you know, having Octavia fall off the cliff or whatever. This I feel like this season definitely had like several like just sort of self indulgent little like winks to just ridiculousness that they're gonna try to pull off. Um, you know, like 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 yeah, like Roan oh jumping from one truck to yeah. We talk about that in our well actually because I have some feelings about that. Um, but like, but like Octavia being a badass fighter and then her like surviving the fall, you know, with Echo surviving the fall and you know being run through with a goddamn dirty sword. Like, yeah, I have a and lot I, of. You know <laughs> and you know what? It was awesome. I, <laughs> it was awesome. I, 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 I don't care that it's not believable. It's a television show. And I know you guys know this story, but I went a week later, I was at a restaurant with my nine-year-old and we're also reading Lord of the Rings. And they mm-hmm. happened to have on the TV um, the scene from, is it the first one? I forget which, is it, I forget which. Is it Fellowship of the Ring or Return of the King? I forget. Oh, I don't remember. But the scene where um, Viggo Mortensen, basically what they're recreating in this episode is like a a tribute to that scene from Lord of the Rings. And my daughter was watching it and was basically like, it's always men. Like, why don't women get to do scenes like that? And so I love that they took something that was an iconic, totally over the top action scene and it was a woman doing it. And I mean, we accept those crazy things all the time. Like Jaha rode a rocket to Earth. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, we gave that shit too. But like, I, what's more believable? Or like Clark just- outrunning the death wave, like just getting sick enough to <laughs> almost maybe be dead, but not really. And you're like, since when has Clark ever run? Right. I know I will never watch it again the same way now knowing that the horse is licking maple syrup off of Octavia's hand. And they had to wait so long for it to happen. <laughs> and like tie it with a fishing line so that the horse didn't step all over her. <laughs> and I did, you know, I the thing that also like one of those things where you're watching and then you think of later episodes in the jail scene before they tell Bellamy that Octavia is dead. Mm-hmm. And Roan and Echo are like, yeah, we're invading. And Bellamy is just always going to be like, big brother, well, yeah, well, my sister will outrun them and he'll tell them. It just reminds you of later on in the conclave when he's telling Roan like, yeah, my sister's going to gut you. It's just, he's always... He's totally like the little kid brother, like talking shit about the big sibling, except it's the (laughs) big sibling, like talking about his little sister. Yeah. It's 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 kind of great. (laughs) It's really uh, Blake. Do you guys do you yeah. guys want to jump ahead to Science Island, or did you guys mm-hmm. have more? Nope. All right. Yeah. Um. Oh wait, I had I had. Um. Are you skipping over my my echo oh, jug? No, no, I do not want to ever skip over your echo jug. I apologize. I thought that was on a different episode <laughs> in the notes. Um. No, please tell me about your juggalo checklist as I make a note of this. Okay. So I googled how to be a juggalo. What does that mean? Oh, you're sweet. Um, so Juggalos. No. So um, you're into music, though. You should know this. Um, so you remember the band or, yeah, Insane Clown Posse. No. What? No. Okay. 
<laughs> how, how do you like I've never I don't even think I've ever heard them, but like this is just like, popular culture. Insane clown posse. Yeah, I don't I, I honestly don't know if I've ever heard a song from them, You're but aware. I I know very much of them. No. Um and so so Jekyllas are fans, like huge, like big, big a fans large of white trash contingency. Except they are sh- surprisingly like um, open-minded, if that makes sense. It, like, it, you, kind you of, them to yeah. be very like conservative, red hat, you know, uh, redneck kind of like racist. But apparently, like the Juggalo mindset is like very live and let live, um, which is sort of unexpected. Sort of. Sort of. Uh, it is, and it, it like there's okay. there's a lot of contradictions. Um, but so I went through and I noted things. That I was like, huh. So, anyways, how to be a juggalo? Yeah, sad clown Check. face makeup. Check. <laughs> um, call each other ninjas. Check. Close enough. Um, strain of devotion that's so severe it's no wonder some have expressed concern. That's a direct quote from the okay. uh, article. So that check. Okay. Check. <laughs> um take on science fucking magnets how do they check. work <laughs> check <laughs> you cannot convince me the echo is not a juggalo is that the full checklist yeah that, I mean, that's as far as i devote i mean my that's like pretty <laughs> but it, it, was, it was a very long that's article like a pretty, um that's there's a lot of yeah was that five out of five or six yeah. out of six or however many that was uh, wow yeah no, four out of wow. four. Four out of four. Um, and there was even one that I did not include because I was like, Kirsten, that's too far. But obviously I'm bringing it up anyway. Wait, wait, wait. There's, um, there's one it? that I just looked it up. An obsession with murder and committed with a blade weapon. Check. Oh, check. <laughs> I um, think this is the most there was important a, part of our podcast, to be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, apparently at one point, two jugglos held one juggalo down and cut their arm off because they felt he was not dedicated enough to the juggalos. That's dark. And it's dark. Almost dark. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I learned about. And and that concludes this session of is I mean, the answer I think is yes. <laughs> it, like, it yes. <laughs> I feel like Wow. I don't know why anyone hasn't made that connection before. Why is it me? I'm not the best researcher. But you but have – so here's the thing. For all the shit that you talk about Echo, I feel like you are also, like, darkly fascinated with her. I feel like I feel like you – if this were fit, you're actually going to find out be. that you're kind of in love is with this her. A, it's, a, it's a slow <laughs> burn. It's a real slow burn. This is a friends to enemies – or enemies to friends to lovers. <laughs> No, I think that like it's it's the same thing. How like my my struggle with Echo has fuel, fueled your love for her is that your love for her <laughs> has fueled my like trying to like trying to come to terms with it slash just really like confirmation bias at this point. <laughs> um, so yes, Echo's a chuckle. Cool. Moving on. Moving on to Science Island. <laughs> Um, actually, can yeah. we take a break now? Because our new hotel room is ready. Uh, so we need yeah, to perfect. move. Um, okay, let me press yes. stop. Okay. Welcome back from the break, everyone. Um, we've kind of mostly just been sort of sticking in theory somewhat to the first episode uh, of our of our rewatch for this, uh, 404. But we have been jumping around just a little bit. But we're going to 
now get back into um, Science Island uh, and then kind of continue on with a few more story threads from later episodes. Um, Science Island, we got to see the drones. Um, we got to have, you know, the very first sort of inklings of sea mechanic, um, which I'm still sad about. Like, it could have been great. It really like could have. It could have been really good. Like, if yeah. Luna hadn't decided to kind of go crazy um, <laughs> and kill everyone, um, you know, I think it could have been wonderful. And then in later episodes, like uh, 405 and 406, the Raven Murphy stuff is, I think, just fantastic um, to oh, talk yeah. about. Uh, so, yeah, let's, let's dive yeah. in. Um, how about when they first kind of get to the island, maybe? Was anyone else, like, sketched out by Amori being like, we don't we don't go past those pillars or whatever. Oh, so my thoughts on Amori, um, when she said that, because it's been such a like a thing that's like sat in our heads and we've like did, like thought about it and thought about it and like what does she mean? And going back to when she was like other um other buyers. And it and I was thinking about it and I was thinking about um the future episode where she plays this elaborate lie mm-hmm. um to ensure that she's not the one that's tested on. And then I came back to this moment and I was like, wait, where she says, like, you don't know what else is on this island. Um, And she's trying to convince Murphy to cut his losses and go based on the drones. And I was like, what if she doesn't, she's not actually talking about anything. What if she's lying here? What if she's making that up to manipulate Murphy? Because we've seen that before. And then it made me think about, like, how much of what Emery says is actually true? Um, and that would explain why we haven't explored other things um, based on what she said. So that's exactly what came to mind um, for me. I don't know about you guys. Right. Like, I kind of wanted to know, like, add this to, like, the fucking bonfire pile of threads that they never pick back up on things. Where, like, yes, there was that episode where she, like, basically convinced them that, you know, that dude was the one who, like, you know, imprisoned her, whatever the whole thing was. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, surely that's not what she was sketched out about. Mm-hmm. Like, she seemed way more scared than just, hey, we might run into some rando in the woods. You know what I mean? Like, she seemed like I was kind of expecting like ATATs right. or something to like come out of the woods and like kill people or that like, you know, uh, Ali has like a cyborg army or something like that, you know? Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, this whole episode, I mean, going back, it reminded me of like how sure I was that one of the twists in the finale was going to be that there were other people Mm -hmm. on the island. And I guess, you know, when she doesn't want to cross the threshold with the stones, you know, that you can say that's about her having a mutated hand. It's that it's how sketchy she is at the end to Murphy saying there are worse things on this island and the whole, I mean, what the, even the drones were set up for, like, if, is it like really the case that 40 years from now, that's just like standard (laughs) security? (laughs) Like, like she, she's supposed to be like, basically, I mean, I remember like the prop guy saying she's supposed to be like Elon Musk. So you just have drones right, that are automatic, like, have automatic and their batteries are charged and, and like ready to go, you know, 150 years later. Right. Are they cleaning the pool? Are you, are you, right? Like that's right. the only other explanation. Like maybe they were glad to shoot at some people, you know, maybe the AIs and those drones are like, oh, thank fuck. I'm tired of keeping the leaves out of this fucking pool. They turn, yeah, they, they like, they like turn right, into like, Transformers. Cool like it's Roomba the weirdest mode, Transformer, they like, like the sort of like, 
the weirdest polar opposite. Like it's a pool cleaner and a security drone. But maybe, maybe that would actually, I've never owned a pool. Maybe it would actually be really convenient. Yeah. I mean, I, so it just seemed to be setting up this very sinister. Yeah. Um, but there was no there's something payoff. sinister about this island. Yeah. I mean, people had all these like phenomenal theories right. and it was like Island of Dr. Well, what if Moreau. she's just lying? Um, yeah. I mean, and that's, that's the foreshadowing. Maybe. Or maybe it's another Easter egg and Allegis is going to come down and they presumably yes. interacted with Becca's company. I mean, they have the nightblood from it. So maybe they'll fill in some of that backstory. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we you, you were reminded of how random the exposition between Jackson and <laughs> yeah. Abby that foreshadowed, you know, the ship coming. And you're like looking at Raven floating like all pretty in the air. But um, yeah, so maybe it, it, it still is like a big question mark. Like, what was that about? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I, I never even sort of thought about it that, like, what if uh, Amori was just lying this whole fucking time? And you're like, well, that's actually, that would tidy those up a bit. Like, right? what if she was just shady? And you're like, well, I mean, yeah, it's, that tracks. It's the horses versus zebra thing. What is the horses versus zebra thing? Well, when you hear hoof, um, hoofs, hoof you think horses, yeah, whatever it is, you think horses, not zebras. Because I, I don't know what it could be apart from her lying. Um, I mean, I mean, it could be the prisoners, but at the point that she set everything up, she didn't know that the world was going to go through nuclear war and they would be the one people left out in the universe. Yeah. Um, right. I mean, she did know perhaps, and I mean, it would be so yeah, amazing if it right? tied back to Kat again. Yeah. You know, that there were that there were we groups out nearly, there that are hostile enough oh, to technology. There has to be more. I can't. Like, he, he started the clans. Like, how did do, that happen? I feel like I wonder if them casting that guy, like, I feel like he was, like, a known actor. I'm too lazy to look up his name. But we only <laughs> saw him, like, what, in that one, like, sort of video that they watched on their iPad um, that, yeah. you know, I wonder if he filmed other stuff that we're going to see later, like in season five, you know, because why wouldn't you just have the actor like knowing what you want to have kind of be his story? Um, you know, I wonder if we're going to get more. But, you know, that could also just be us wishful fan thinking of being like everyone wants fucking more Cadigan, but we also wanted more Becca and we Allie. And so more everything. Yeah. There's yeah. just not enough of everything. More, more, more. Um, <laughs> more let's, please. Let's let's get let's get back into the into the sort of drone bit and sort of maybe that discussion that uh that Raven and Luna had because we touched on it a little bit sort of before the show. Um, you know, mm-hmm. in in sort of that's where we maybe maybe we've started to see a little bit of Luna's sort of reticence uh, with with this whole sort of thing that she's been handed because her whole thing has been about escaping fate um, and it seems like she still can't escape you know her blood um, which is what she tried to do uh, when she when she left the conclave um, but you know we didn't really get that in the first few episodes she just was kind of seeking medical help but now she's becoming a bit more aware and you know even asked Nico what if I what if I resisted um, you which, know why did no. she ask that? Yeah, that's what I, I didn't understand. Because she's not a dummy. Like, because um, she sees the crazy gleam in. I feel like Abby. Yeah, and and Abby. Miller's. Abby is looking a little questionable. I felt so. I didn't. I didn't get like her questioning that. I thought that was just like, why would? So if you could possibly save not just all Sky Crew, but like all the living grounders 
um, which falls into the principles of Luna, supposedly. Yeah. Um, why would you question at that point? Like, I, I can understand more her not wanting to be a part of it when they start testing it on people. But at this point, like, why is it a question right now? I, I mean, I don't know. I think it could also possibly be that, like, she doesn't necessarily, you know, trust or, like, believe. Like, she's, like, taking their word for it that, A, that this thing is happening in, mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways. Like, you know, science is still pretty fucking opaque to, to, to the grounders. Yeah, she has no idea what they're actually going to do to her. Yeah. Like, what is it? Like, she could be getting tortured, you know? Like, who's to say that? I mean, they- Right. I mean, I, if you just look at it and the show brings it back to this, what's their what's the grounders last experience with people and technology yeah. and, and blood? so, you Not know, a she's understandably a little bit. I don't know. Like, I feel like Luna likes to think about things. And so thinking about, well, what if I said no? Like, what would they do? And she knows damn, <laughs> knows damn well what they well, would do. Of course. Of course. Um, but I, I liked her, I liked her little conversation with Raven and then sort of the building of their, of their relationship that we sort of see throughout sort of Luna's, uh, you know, sort of disillusionment over, over her course of time at, and, and Science Island. Yeah. I mean, it was such a good conversation. It is. I mean, that conversation like sums up so many of the big themes in the show yeah. going back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. Right. Do we want to pour one out for a moment for Nico? Um, <laughs> I forgot that he died there, and I also didn't notice when I was watching. Yes, Nico so died to save to save Luna, and I, I mean, this is. I, can I go ahead. can I say something? I I, I might have been more sad about license plate guy. Damn, I I, I feel bad. I mean, yeah. not 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 really. I totally really. forgot who I don't Nico was. That. Jen's in this. so mad. I know. Um, I know. Jen was actually supposed to be on this episode. Um, but you know, had to bail for life reasons, and I was really excited to to get to bring up those those painful feelings. I was really <laughs> excited to just kind of do a little lemon juice in that wound. I mean, insert Justin Timberlake <laughs> unimpressed emoji. I just, for I her. just was really, I forgot how I didn't realize how much license plate guy is popping up in the background of all these episodes before he dies. So I didn't notice on the rewatch. What? <laughs> Oh yeah, license plate, license plate guy is there in the background a ton. I kept being like, oh, it's like I just love that costume. It was freaking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm, I feel like if he ever should come across this, I wonder. I hope that he is pleased that you noticed him. Yeah, all throughout these. I'm pu- I'm pouring one out for license plate guy. <laughs> all right. Um, let's see. I'm I'm trying to go through the notes. Um, I think I think maybe we can move on to sort of focusing a little bit more on 405, um, unless that you guys mm-hmm. have... Oh, I had one more thing from Arcadia yeah. now that we're done with Science Island. Um, the one thing is, I noticed another little foreshadowing thing. Um, in So, when um, they... the It starts to rain in Arcadia the first time. Um, and everyone's like, oh no, acid rain, or whatever. Whatever it's called. Black rain. Um, and so they run inside and Jasper just like dawdles and he's like, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a moment where Monty goes after him and then Harper goes after Monty and Clark stays where she is. <laughs> and I was like, this is like the finale where um, she tells Bellamy to use his head and Bellamy stays. And so it's like that transfer of like, I mean, Clark's thinking like, well, they're all going to go save him. If I go and we all die, what's yeah. the point? Like, <laughs> um, 
And so I, I don't know. It made me think about the finale, whether that was intentional or not. Um, I, I mean, I had, I definitely didn't see that, but like, I, I feel like you have supported it. And so, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm on board. <laughs> I mean, for you, for you Mervin shippers out there, um, there's definitely like, it's starting in this episode with her saying thank you. He saves her. She says thank you. He says watch it, Reyes. I'm taking. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Emery's got dibs. <laughs> Such yeah. A good if line. You, yeah. Yep. If you if you ship it, it's I ship it. The seats are there. Ship it more than than him with Amori. I feel like Amori's purpose with him, like. I think that their journey together is not lifelong. Like, I feel like they can definitely be bros. Maybe, maybe they won't be, but like, I feel like the long slow burn of it all would be with Raven. That is if princess mechanic does not happen. (laughs) Although I am high key interested in Emery sociopathic liar, Emery. Um, and what that means for her in the future landscape of this planet. Um, which I th- you mean with with Elijah? Yeah, I feel like you know she. We know that she's gonna love space. So does that mean that she um, embraces more the Elijah crew, which is more um, space criminals? Yeah, well, cr- yeah, criminals. Maybe it's something that space she relates pirates. to. <laughs> Um, I mean, that would be, it would be boring if it was clear cut, right? Yeah, like, like what if there are some people that are like, you know, I'm actually, I'm actually on board with these folks. I feel like somebody has to be. Um, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. I, I mean, I thought the moment with Amori and Murphy when she doesn't want to cross over and he basically like takes her by the hand, um, basically like, you know, rules are meant to be broken type of thing. I mean, they are really sweet. I just... If you're into if you're into Mervin, there were definitely seeds sown oh, in the episode. It's definitely this is there. In your, in your expert shipper, uh. <laughs> unbiased opinion. No, there's. I mean, because I'm not I'm not on board Mervin yet because I need Murphy to prove that he's more than a cockroach for him to deserve Raven. Um, but having said that, there is definitely the seeds there, and if he does something that you cannot unequivocally. Um, attribute to his cockroachiness then like then that's the point where i'm gonna be like yes mervin you know okay so you need you need a little bit more you need to for him to work for it a little bit more i need him Um, to do something self-sacrificial for raven that does not directly tie his um survival to her survival yeah no and then yeah it's gonna be hard to do because she's also just very valuable by herself as a character um because she's so, so smart yeah. Um, but yeah, if they but can maybe do that. he does something like kind or sweet, you know? Yeah, that but it's, still, it's a cost to him to do. It like needs to be a cost. Um, we'll see. I think we'll see. Yeah, I mean, in four hundred four, the whole last scene with Jasper and Clark. Mm, looking mm-hmm. back on it now, is one of my favorite scenes of this season. I, it's their last conversation ever on screen. Yeah. Jasper basically just highlights Clark's arc, whatever you think about it, whether you think being like Jaha is a good thing or not. And you know that like my the like one of the only things I want is that before this series ends, Monty and Clark laugh about the film. Right? <laughs> yeah. it was funny. Oh my God. You that know, could be a great last line. Like Clark's just turning like and a, being like that phone bit. It was it was funny. It, it was funny. <laughs> it, it would really be a beautiful, like it would yeah. be 
Really, 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 really oh good. Oh my god, no, that's, that's like- Monty's death scene is Clark saying those words to him. Sorry. Well, speaking oh, of Clark, um, let's yeah. get into into 405 a bit more. Um, I feel like you had a neat note here, uh, Cece. Uh, is Clark really trying to save everyone? Uh, the narrative tells us that she is, but do her actions bear it out? I feel like that's a really Great interesting question. question. Um, do you want to talk about that for a sec? Yeah. I mean, so I think, Joe, you were mentioning earlier that these this these episodes have a lot, particularly – is for both four or five and four or six have a lot of exposition like at characters or about characters and their motivation. I, I when you listen to it and Roan is like Clark's the only one who's trying to save everyone and Nyla's like you're the only one that's thinking about everybody. But then you know that like seven episodes later Nyla's going to say WTF all my people are on the other side of the door. Um, there's a lot of discussion about Clark is the one that's trying to save everybody, but yet. Her backup plan was only for the Arcadians. Mm-hmm. When she cuts a deal with when she cuts a deal with Roan in the cave, it's not to split those hundred those one hundred spots with all the clans. It's to split it 50 mm-hmm. with Escada, right? Um, and then when she her back is up against the wall at the conclave, and she can't get Roan to at least agree to share the bunker in part because she's broken his trust, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's all a consequence of her methods. She gets Sky Crew into the bunker and closes the door and I mean, won't open Clark the door. Clark is slithering as fuck. Like, yeah. On the other hand, on the other hand, you have Bellamy's and Roan's conversation. I guess this is in 406, but – you know, Octavia's still giving Bellamy shit for season three. Roan, he's like, why is Escada burning down tree crew villages? And Roan's like, that's funny coming from you. Is it but you have in the... Well, well, <laughs> is it like and, civilian? And you have in the, right, but you have in the second episode, Bellamy, all of those slaves, like Riley was the only one that was Sky Crew. The rest of them were all from other clans, right? Um, Bellamy's trying to stop a massacre. That massacre is actually would have been mostly Escada soldiers getting killed, right? Mm-hmm. They were like in a ravine. Yeah. So, and the way this season ends up, Clark, like Clark doesn't actually action. I'm not talking about intentions mm-hmm. and I love Clark, but this season, Clark actually only saves her friends. Yes. It's yeah. Jaha. It's Jaha and a co- and the combination of the Blake siblings that are the reason why you have twelve hundred people in that bunker. So it's really you know because Jaha finds it. Yeah. Octavia Octavia wins the conclave and and decides to share it with everyone and it's Bellamy who gets the door open. So it's just uh, with Abby helping. So it's just interesting. Like there's all this exposition about character motivation. And I'm often as a viewer saying, well, wait, does that actually match up to what their actions? Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, is that intent? Is that intentional? I mean, I definitely think that's a super interesting question for Clark is considering who she is to the show. Like she is, the protagonist of the show like we follow from her point of view and it's you know it's not asking whether or not maybe it's asking whether or not she's a good guy or a bad guy quote unquote just because it's like does does doing that make her bad like if she's still trying to save people like does the act of is it only good if she tries to like do the noble thing 
Um, no, no, I don't think it's a question of good or bad. I think it's a question of there's a lot of characters saying who's risen above right, tribalism. Right, and Clark. And I don't know, and I don't know if anyone really has. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, like, right, you're going to save your people. I, right. And I don't necessarily think that there's anything wrong with that, like, in terms of no, a I, way to understand the world, because there's only sort of so much empathy you can have in, like, a circle extending around you mm-hmm. before it starts to get very diluted and then you don't care about anything. Does that make yeah. sense? Like, I mean, and there's actually, scientifically, yeah. yeah. Like you can only have so much caring. Um, and so it's, you know, yeah, I think it's really interesting that, and we're with Clark and I mean, hmm, I don't know if we're with Clark this season as much. Like, I feel like, I mean, I was, and I felt like, I was like, did I not learn? I understood why she did it. Um, but obviously my shipper heart knows why she did it. <laughs> wait, wait, did what? Did what? I know why she pulled the gun on him, but the fact that she doesn't shoot is like a different side of me. Um, I mean, this whole season makes me laugh every time they like are, uh, you know, I mean, if, if, if Bubs and I can just bullark for yes, a minute. No, no, wait, <laughs> let me, let me make a note of this in our, in our yeah, run sheet thing. Um, Caution, we're gonna make it is gonna happen. So if you do not like Malarkin, um Joe will tell you in this space um when to for- fast forward to blank space. No, no, it's it's really it's just really <laughs> funny how many times like the scene in the cave with Roan in 405 where Clark's like I killed Do you really think <laughs> I, mean, I, I almost killed my mother? But you know, she's like acting so badass, and then Roan is like, Yeah, well. We'll all take losses, including Kane and Bellamy. And then he turns his back and he's like, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And then she makes this like sad, crumpled kitten face. And she's like, okay, fine. We'll share it. Like, it's just, there's always a lot of discussion on Reddit about that scene or about the scene at the end with the door. And they're like, yeah, but Clark would have made that decision for everyone. And you're like, yeah, but the show, the show show tells us otherwise. (laughs) No, I will well, say well, sh- that there was a lot as a non-Balarker, um, apart from the fact that I do want you to get what you want, Bubs, you know, per, <laughs> per our agreement. Um, <laughs> you know, as, as, a, as a non-Balarker, like, I definitely saw a lot more of it this season. It definitely became a lot more, like, there were, it, overt, I would say. Which is so funny, because as a Balarker, to me, season four is the worst for Balark. Um, really it felt like so like in my fucking face chick and i have talked about this a lot where we we commented on that that like a lot of people who were not um seeing bullark for season four were like oh yeah well we see what the show is doing and and so we were like really because if any scene made or any any season made me doubt bullark it was probably season four um really in terms of framing for certain things um, I have a theory, but I have a theory about it. I have a theory. So I think the reason why maybe it seems more overt is because they did more of these like almost kind of classic like tropey things. Yeah, like right? I was going to so say, you- the, the, when, when Clark almost hits Bellamy with the truck in at the end of, was it 406? Um, and yeah. then they like look at each other and smile, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like it was like an eight, it was like an eighty. It was 
it was it was I shut up I loved it but it was like an 80s show right? it was like an 80s it was like classic but but so much but other seasons like so much is that like tropiness though because think about like love is weakness I was being weak it's a direct like blind line um yeah but I think so I think some of the things that some of the things that they did this season, like like that, like the the classic, uh, like interrupted confession that goes nowhere, like Clark, if I never see you again, and then like, like don't worry, you will, interrupt blah blah blah, right, right. So you have those types of things. You have twice, like the ravine, where apparently like Clark forgot the chancellor is also a hostage, <laughs> but like the care. I mean, you're just like, dude, poor Kane. Does anyone care that Kane is also a hostage? So some people. <laughs> I do. But at the end, um, at the end of the season, but I think what maybe longtime fans of that relationship were missing were sort of like when you actually have follow up or characters get into discussions, because those are actually some of my favorite scenes or when Clark and Bellamy are like debating things. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like. Uh, after the door where they don't really get into like a big discussion, like debating it. I, I think maybe Bubs, that's what we were kind yeah. of missing was like it was the nuances. Um, for example, so if you go back to season one, that like, <laughs> are, awkward- you, are you okay? Let, we, we, we can't take too much time with the Bullard Rolex <laughs> just because I feel like we are about to run kind of long on this pod. So, like, yeah. give me give me the 30 second Bullard Rolodex. Okay, of- 30 seconds. So, um, 108, when Bellamy awkwardly touches <laughs> on the shoulder, and there's like a zoom in of it and like a reaction shot of him being like, whoa. And then um, if you go to After Torturing Lincoln, um, where there's like a focus on her hands as he grabs the the bolt out of her hand and then like gets her reassuring words. And then um, season finale of season three, where they hold hands and they zoom in on those hands and you're just like, why? why? Yeah, you, you know what it is? So they gave you big moments, but they pulled back intentionally, I think, on on the editing. Yeah. And I think it was the editing was that was not it was not the scenes that were lacking. It was the editing because the editing and framing of seasons one, two and three were like much more emotionally. It was subtle. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah they were not subtle this time. Like, right, like the finale, the finale either. Right. I mean, yeah. yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Moving on, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. Where I'm sorry, I'm like trying to trying to look through through the notes here for a second. Um, I would just like to draw attention as as we are talking about sort of the balark of it all. We can talk about the <laughs> mylar of it all. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I feel like and. I think when we originally talked about this episode, you know, way back, um, how important um, I think, I think we all sort of agreed that that sort of framing mm-hmm. of everything went. Um, I would also like to discuss uh, Nyla's accent at some point, but that can happen <laughs> to like, like, where does it come like, from? Who, like none of the other characters have a weird accent when speaking English. Some do. It's inconsistent. Luna definitely has an yeah, accent. Yeah, but she is at least but she's German. But she but she's German. At least is like of course, but like that ha- that still has to be sh- explained can- canonically. So um, that's why have- they give her an accent. So- it's be- is it be- is it because Nyla was like further out in a trading post? I don't. <laughs> I mean, that's- I don't know. The point is, um, let's. I mean. I guess we don't really have to talk about the the Nylark of it all, though it is sort of like you have a note in here, Bubs, about also uh, let me. I'm stressed. Let's make sure I can reach my booty call, which I feel like is um, 
you know, some growth, uh, you know, us talking about stuff. Um, I don't know. It, I, that conversation made me kind of, I mean, it was the, the conversation at the beginning of 406. When, between when they're in the room or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is is really sad when it, you then take it with the bookend of their conversation in 411. I mean, Nyla is a very forgiving person, but when she tells Clark, you're thinking of everyone and you're going to save us all and we're all your people. Mm-hmm. And then in 411, Clark's not opening the door and tree crews outside and, and Nyla's like, I guess we weren't all your people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, um, watching that conversation now or 406 is just kind of sad. Like, I mean, just how everything plays yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Clark, I wonder if we're going to like Clark in season five. I, cause I feel like <laughs> it's been sort of like, she, like she was on the rise season one, season two, season three was a little problematic. I feel like with some aspects of Clark, Um, you know, and I think we're meant to sort of see that. And then season, season four, she's, you know, you have to ask the question, like you actually have to ask the question of Clark is actually, is Clark actually trying to save everyone? Like that's a really big question to like suddenly Mm -hmm. be posing to the person who at the end of season two was fucking be, you know, amazing one hit, one hitter. And so, you know, but even then, but even then, that was all point of view sure. because she saved, I mean, right? She saved a small group of people and killed a lot more. But to right do now, it. our point of view is what the you know what the fuck, Clark, um, right? You know, by the end of season four, some of us. Some of us. <laughs> is that not your that not your point of view? Not really. I, I like totally understood why she did everything. Oh, for sure. Um, it, and I don't know that I would have done it differently, I guess. But also, I would just have been trying to save my people. Pragmatically, though, pragmatically, it's just such a big problem. Like, to say that we're trying to save everyone, you can't possibly say, A, like, to get everyone to get to the, like, safety point by the time you need them to be, like, A, you have to send the message, that takes time. They have to travel there, that takes time. So, like, from a logistics standpoint, you can't save everybody. So, A, that's out of the question. B, um, you have to have a method but that was her goal. Well, that's but like I, it's such it's such a naive goal. Like you, I, I think you take in the problem and you you immediately assess what you can can do and what you can't do, and you focus on what you can do. And that's why I like didn't feel that she wasn't trying to save everybody. I feel like ideally she would want to save everyone, um, but. But her backup plan was on, always only Sky well, Crew. Of course, they were doing all the work. It was their home. I mean, but the little red I hen. Just, she's doing the work. She gets to eat her bread. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's just, it's really. I'm not. That's you. We can debate whether it's um, whether you agree with it or not. But it's just really interesting when other characters. There are a lot of other characters that frame the things that Clark does in very different ways, right? So you've got like Monty and Jasper saying you're playing God. You have Nyla and Roan being – for Roan, it kind of depended on the day, like 405 to 406. Oh, yeah. he, is, he is kind of whiplash so in terms of his viewpoint. He's like, he's just right, a like, cardboard character is the like, problem and it's unfortunate. He was <laughs> like when he was like – talking about the fucking flame at the end of the world. I'm like, Oh my God, Ron, just like, just that's your focus. Jesus Christ. Like we (laughs) do not have time for your bullshit right now. Um, but yeah, Yeah. he's he's very mercurial. Well, 
I mean, it's interesting because I, I mean, I get that, but if you have Echo whispering in your ear saying maybe this Prime Fire stuff is all bullshit and they're going and making their own Nightblood so they can have their own commander, right? I mean, that's, what's, that's like, who's whispering in his ear. Why would they give a shit about, like, why would Sky Crew actually give a shit about, like, to have the commander? Stuff? To be in control of everybody? I mean, I mean, they're just coming out of an experience where Sky Crew technology was trying to control everybody. I guess, like, I guess it's just weird. Like, I kind of think that it's sort of like, I think it's funny that, like, they would think that Sky Crew would give a fuck about the commander stuff. Like, now that, like, Lexa was dead and Ontarian stuff, like, that, that, like, they believe so strongly in their sort of religious belief system that they assume that other people like actually buy into it. Does that make sense? My terrible right. person, like for discounting no. their very sincerely held religious beliefs. Um, I mean, the <laughs> fact that Sky Crew can give them context as to what their origin story is, and we're still like, you're just trying to get the story. Like, Clark is like, oh my god, I don't. Uh, uh, oh my god. Here, but I need. Read this archived Google article and why that matters nothing. (laughs) On Jaha's iPad. Um, But like, I mean, the whole season, though, is like a giant allegory about like all of things that we're facing, like global warming and people are still focused on bullshit, not facing it. So your annoyance with Roan in that moment is just a mirror. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, so there is a note. Uh, let's see. Um, sorry about. Let's let's talk about let's talk about Harper. I think I feel like we have been yeah. talking to Blakes and like and Clark a lot and Jaha. Like maybe for this episode, uh, sort of discussion. I feel like there's like a lot of meat to be had on sort of more side characters. She's kind of unraveling. And yeah. I didn't notice it as much the first time around watching it that it was it was going all the way back to here. Because I guess maybe I don't pay attention to much, like, as much to Harbor, <laughs> like, for whatever it is. Um, that, like... I mean, I'm... Yeah. That, like, I just didn't notice it as much the first time around. Now that rewatching, I'm like, oh, man, like, she was really kind of suffering this whole time. She's so over yeah. it. You know? Yeah. And And she's... It's, and it's like a little bit in 405 and then 406, she's like almost a deer in the headlights when Octavia comes in and Clark's like, Harper, yeah. you know, like focus mm-hmm. and do this. Um, but she's also just so done, right? Like she's commenting on Riley, like he shouldn't even be here. And after what they did to him, like, what would you expect? Yeah. Um, Which to be fair, sad. Riley should not have fucking been there. Like what the actual fuck? Like who's this making that? Well, I think that this whole episode really calls into question David Miller's strategic. That he is terrible. He was like, let's, let's, let's do a ring of hydrazine. And Monty's like, and blow up the arc. <laughs> <laughs> and then he brings along Riley. I mean. David yeah. Miller is a yeah. terrible strategist. But a good dad. Sad. Yeah. I mean. Um, no, but with Harper, I think that, I think it's another great example with what they did with Jasper, despite me disagreeing with his ending. Um, Jasper was an example of humanity, um, not coping at its best, which is going to be most of us. Like we're not all the hero. And I think like Harper is that story too. Harper is that story um, where she wasn't feeling that before everything happened. Like, if that makes sense, like, I feel like Harper sort of, I think we're meant to be 
that she didn't necessarily want to die after the chip, but that like finding out that the world was ending maybe like was just too hard to get through. Yeah. I Does that make so, sense? Because like, Jasper was suicidal, like before we kind of you know, yeah. got into it. I think, well, I think, her just I think it's sorry, like, go ahead. You go. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Babs. I'm, not, I'm just saying that I, I think it's just like, as much as we all want to think that in these situations that we're going to behave as the hero and do like whatever it needs to take, we, we don't know that. And so like, I think Harper is a very realistic um, expression of what we might do in such a situation is be a deer in headlights, um, drink ourselves away mm-hmm. and join like the Jasper movement um, because it is really hard. It's, it's, it's much harder to uh, be level-headed and continue on like the other characters than it is to have these breakdowns that I think most people would have these breakdowns. Really? And so I'm glad yeah, that I mean, they're showing it. Yeah. I mean, they're facing the end of the world in what? This whole season is in the span of what? Three months? Mm-hmm. And they are about to get invaded? And like go to war, like wouldn't you just be like, "Fuck it, it's I'm out." Yeah, it's too much. Like, you know, um, just give up. I <laughs> mean, I think the closest we could, like, the closest analogy you could have to like everyday life would be that you get like a cancer diagnosis. Say you're not. This is different than Jasper because Jasper is a character that had mm-hmm. depression it's kind of a different animal. But Harper, we didn't have any, it seems like it's more situational. And it's like getting a cancer diagnosis. And like, frankly, given their odds, it's like a cancer diagnosis where they're like, well, 80 to 90% of patients in your circumstances, like it ends up being terminal, but there is this like treatment and you can fight it. But these are all the side and and having to make that choice. Am I the type of person that is going to like fight down to the wire? Or what do I want to do with the time that I have left? Because I don't want to fight. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the closest analogy. Does that make you suicidal? Like, I'm just curious. Like, if if in this sort of circumstance, if not wanting to sort of try at fight. fight, like, there's, I feel like there's a difference between, li- like, I'm not fighting to live right now. I'm sitting in my very comfortable house, like, very comfortably in my fancy office chair, like, with a heating <laughs> pad at my back because it just feels nice. Like, I'm not fighting to live right now. But, like, if you if, – if living – if the only way to live is to fight and you choose not to fight, are you suicidal? But I think I think for the Harper, it's more about fear, though. Well, I'm just saying, like, like, in general, um, like, you're – like, as a, if I ask that question. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I feel I feel like I'm a little out of my depth in. You don't want to make a diagnosis. Well, I just I, when you're talking about someone who's suicidal and 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 what part mental illness plays in that, it's an impossible. I don't know if thing that, to answer. If, I don't know if I don't know if you can make an apples okay. to apples comparison to a, a someone who doesn't have mental illness and finds out that they're sick and very likely to die. Sure. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Sure, sure, sure. But uh, th- I mean, this show brought up but then didn't have the time there were a lot of different you know riley was someone and i know that everyone laughs like about riley but he actually brought up an important point that got kind of mixed up with a lot of other different people that were choosing not to go to the bunker at the end but he his point was just why would i want to go back and live under this kind of system 
we know what this we know what the system is. We lived on the ark. It's not. Fun. I would rather die than than live under that kind of regime, which is something that like happens in the real world all the time. And I don't think that's necessarily the same thing as like what Jasper was dealing with or what Harper was dealing with. Um, but I just don't know if there was like enough time mm-hmm. to really. That's really complicated. Really, um, I agree. I think it's really hard to separate any of that. Like how much of it is. And, and like, I think that depression like hits people in a lot of different ways. So it's very hard to say all of those people were in the right mind to choose. I think clearly Jasper was not, um, but we don't know enough about the others. And like, I, to me, I'm still struggling to see someone who would choose just dying over going back to live the way, the way that they were brought up. Um, it's, I don't know. It is, it's like hard for me to wrap my, my head around, but with Harper, I really do think that she felt that she failed in this world because we have that scene where the actual black rain comes and she, instead of helping the person who grabbed onto her, she shrugged him off, ran in and he ended up dying. And that was a very direct thing for her where she did something and the person died. Um, And I feel like her reaction to um, deciding to stay behind and die was much more about that and feeling she was not worthy of living because that was her reaction um, than it was about not wanting to live in that situation or being depressed. Yeah. And and, and even Jasper is tricky because, you know, season three and 401, it's, you know, he's a character that and and the actors have talked about it and the writers are was struggling with PTSD mm-hmm. but then they also use him as kind of like a greek chorus this mm-hmm. season sort of like how can you trust someone who has no interest in surviving to be like the rational observer well sometimes he just seems to be almost like breaking down yeah, like the I mean, fourth wall the foam right bit, like, like him so- saying like that phone bit was mm-hmm. funny like that was definitely like that wasn't for Clark. It I was love for that. us. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's tricky because he's a character who's dealing with like severe mental illness, but but they're also using him to make what seem like very kind of objective, almost like meta commentary on the other characters. So. Which I, I like that. I thought he served, I mean, especially on rewatch, like you go back and watch some of these Jasper scenes and he's highlighting like huge arcs and themes yeah. like for the season. Yeah. Like But he's also a but he's also a character that is supposed to be struggling with mental illness. And so and there's not that many scenes of him with him. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I feel like yeah, in some ways all- they were kind of making the most of his use like for the audience because like he is sort of providing and I think we all kind of knew that like he wasn't gonna make it out of the season. And so we were paying a lot of attention oh, yeah. to him. Um so they kind of gave him a lot of important yeah, like you were saying, like a Greek chorus kind of here's sort of this almost outside of the narrative take you know, on a commentary on what you're seeing. I don't know. Anyway, right. um, maybe we should, uh, just cause we're, we're going to, we're definitely going to run long today. Um, we'll touch on a few more things uh, <laughs> on, on this episode before we move on. I definitely like to talk about uh, alien um, just because he kind of plot force, you know, Oh, alien, the grounder. Oh. <laughs> yeah, alien is another case of people withholding 
the truth about what's going on and then horrible things ensue because yes, of it. Yes, but right? he's also someone who cannot let go of the past as well. Uh, right, but I mean, he says in 406 that he would not... I mean, he burns down the Ark with no idea. He yeah. didn't know about Premfaya. He didn't know that it was their only shelter. So his intent was never to harm people. And you watch that scene with Octavia and Nyla. Like, can someone yell the world's like, we need this to all survive? Like, no one right? says anything. And you're like, <laughs> at the same time, I'm like, just. Dude, what the fuck, Arcadia Security? Like, David Miller, you are terrible. They were all at the quarry. It just, that's what happened. It just, (laughs) yeah. I mean, Escada invading because, by the way, Kane didn't tell them about the Nightblood. Unknown Uh, rando, like, wander around the bowels of your ship. But all of the guards, but all of the guards are at the ravine in the face off with with Escada. But Roan didn't ask for the play-by-play. He asked for them to come up with a solution. At no point did they break their, um, whatever, alliance. Like, they were trying to come up with a solution at all points of this. Um, And it was more so that doubt was planted um, than anything else because... Well, I don't understand why Kane and Clark couldn't have been giving Roan updates. (sighs) Like, why did they... I mean, it's yeah. just another instance of watching the episode that you're like, can, can people, people just be honest? But that was a, that was a huge right. issue that we had in season three. Can people just have a fucking conversation? Yeah, but, this, but, yeah, but I mean, that's also, I mean, uh, I mean, it's pretty yeah. realistic. Like people withholding stuff, right? I mean. What, it, did they feel like they were withholding or were they just focused on the end result? I mean, Clark says that Kane, Kane is is in agreement with Clark, right? So when Clark says, with their people, but they already told Roan about Primfaya. Yeah, but Kane is like, oh, I mean, it looks so bad, right? When, um, when Echo's in the throne room and she has Bellamy and the poor red shirt who gets killed. And and they're listing all the things that you didn't tell us, like you. So you're using the R. Oh, but that's just a backup plan. And then I, and Kane just looks like he's like you. You can understand from Roan's perspective why he thinks that Kane is full of shit. Like Kane why didn't you tell really me that job trying to convince people? Like why say our people needed something to do? You know they're going Kane's crazy. Kane's never been great. Um, uh, Kane's never been a super effective leader. Like. Did he convince a crowd at, at any point this season? No. When? Yes. Yes. So in so 412, when he <laughs> – well, I mean, no, they don't actually – they don't have him addressing a crowd without – like, he has the gun on everyone at the beginning right. of 406, right? Yeah. But that's using force. Um, it's still pretty, like – I mean, he's basically – I mean – He's got a gun. He could take a few people down, but he still like persuades people. But the speech in 412 when he appeals to the better angels and he refers to the culling, until Jaha stirs everybody up, he convinced people. I mean, which is pretty impressive. He like convinced four out of five people or it's even worse Mm -hmm. than like that they're going to die to not do anything else about it. Yeah. But – I mean, but they were never going to do a lot. I mean, okay. <laughs> I feel like we're going to, yeah, we're, we're moving on. <laughs> we're not gonna, yeah. But I, for, I forgot that Octavia wouldn't have made it back to the camp at all were I it mean, not for Ilian. 
Yeah, he's, you know, yeah. he, like, saves her life later on. Like, I, I feel like I can't hate him, but at the same time, like, you dummy. You, like, I know that you didn't have all the information, but you dummy. Like, what if you just, like, didn't, like, what if you didn't act out? You know what I mean? Like, what if you just went on and lived your life and, like, didn't try to, like, blow up Arcadia to, like, get back at them or whatever? I'm like, grow up a little, buddy. Like, this was just not... I mean, imagine, imagine if they had the water reclamator and Ilya never blew it up and that's an extra 500 yeah. people that could have lived and then 100 people who could have lived it's, in farm station. Know, we're, we're, this um, is clearly, like, every single thing, like, this is just this sort of funny way that this season worked where I mean, you're like, this doesn't work, this doesn't work, yeah. this doesn't work. Um, so there's one more note that I would like to, to oh. talk about. Uh, it, it's actually one of your bubs, one of your notes, bubs, uh, about Monty being the new uh, perfect. Uh-huh. He needs a little roughing up. Um, oh, let's yeah. talk about Monty for a minute, and then yeah. we'll move on to the next episode. Yeah, I mean, he, Monty's great. I've always loved Monty. Um, but I think that when he seemed like a meeker character, there was um, that aspect mm-hmm. of him that like humanized him, which I... I'm okay with him leaving that behind because I think he is a very strong character, but he still needs like some kind of contrast to his goodness to keep him interesting. And right now there is no contrast. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know what that contrast will be. And I also, um, I was thinking Monty made me think about Raven because Raven I've categorized similarly in the past, but um, I think that Raven, um, they do a better job of making her more multifaceted in the sense that, like, she's um, overconfident and she overcompensates for um, her shortcomings, you know? Um, like when Jackson says, let me know if you need to take a break or whatever he says in um, 405 in, uh, or 404. And she's yeah. like, try to keep up. And you're just like, bitch, <laughs> you have a limp. Like, that's stupid. Um, but, like, she, she has this, like, bravado that she – or, you know, she tries to make up for what she doesn't have. And so from that aspect, um, the cracks are there and it does serve us as not being Like we know that like it's, it's, it's a falsity. Exactly. Yeah. It works. And it's like, it, it has been planted. Like it was planted in season three when she tried to get into Ali's system before she shut up. And like Monty was like, what the fuck are you doing? You know? Um, so I think that that, I like that. I think I kind of something like, Monty was, Monty was a little bit snarkier this season though. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess, but in a perfect way. Well, but he was like a, I mean, he was kind of a dick to Clark. I mean, Clark's like his bell me back. He's like, yeah, he's back. And I just didn't tell you. (laughs) I mean, being like a snarky dick. Is not really him? Like that's not, but later on, I, but I mean, his conversation in one of the episodes coming up when he calls Harper a coward is a really realistic conversation. But if you've ever had anyone in your life with depression, what an awful thing to say yeah. to someone. Like it's mm-hmm. a totally understandable thing to say. But Ugh. in that moment, you're just like, oh, like, oh, like I know why you said that. But that was a horrible thing to say. Yeah. Um, but I, I I get what you mean that like at least this season last I mean in, in season three he's on Pike's side like he made some he shoots his mom <laughs> like he does some so it's but this tough. season this season he kind of 
was always kind of doing yeah, the I think that's, like the right thing. And and like he was superhero at the season. Like he stood, he stepped up when he needed to. Like in the ravine, he was all about um, I'm going to go down there and tell them, which is just it's a very scary thing to do when a bunch of people have arrows pointed at you. Um, so it it was all very admirable and I appreciated that because I love Monty, but it just, at this point, they still need to have that opposite side of the coin for him, um, to balance his character. And who knows what that'll be? Maybe that'll be an interesting aspect of next season. Maybe he sympathizes too much with the dick in space. Um, Like, I kind of want, like, I kind of want him to be just... I want us to not like Monty for a little bit. I feel like it's his turn. But like, I, I, it's hard to know how he'll do that in character. Like, it has to be in character, and I don't know what that looks like. Um, I could see him like sort of very much like retreating, like sort of pulling away, maybe emotionally from like the group a little bit. Like already, he's sort of um, not aloof, but like sort of very steady. Um, you know, maybe without Jasper and yeah. like, you know, maybe that's his sort of reaction to everything is like, he does what he has to do, but maybe he kind of, you know, pulls away from everyone, um, you know, but is maybe also kind of a dick about it. I don't know. I'd be, I, I feel like it's, it's Monty. It is Monty's turn for us to be like, damn it, Monty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, the other super on the nose for shadowing, like isn't it crazy how many times a character says something in these early episodes and you're like, Oh my God, like that's going to happen later on. So when echo and Bellamy are in the woods and Bellamy is like, if you had killed Octavia, Mm -hmm. like these chains would be around your neck in the conclave episode. When she tries to kill uh, Octavia again, yes, that's exactly what happens. He like has her on the ground and he's like choking her. And it's like, like, no, no, I just imagine them in the writer's room (laughs) mapping out the season, you know, and then like having these little cards of like, and then giggling like in the writer's room being like, and then we'll do this, you know, four (laughs) episodes later, eight episodes later. Yeah. I mean, in doing this podcast, it it has never been more apparent to me that they know exactly where they're going. Especially on a show like this. Yeah. Where they like, um, pretty much you know yeah right there's just so much mirroring and paralleling and it's just like i love it and i love that it's it's it doesn't it doesn't make it predictable because you could never guess what aspects yeah. are going to be paralleled or mirrored it's mostly just like on rewatch you're like I oh feel like- damn it <laughs> it was right no. there I mean, it sometimes makes you think about things right like we went into this show in season one thinking of jake as like this noble mm-hmm. hero who sacrificed himself. And you think initially of Jaha and Kane as like, well, we would, you know, Clark is like, they floated my dad and the way that they like govern mm-hmm. is wrong. And then by season four, Clark is the one that's making the same kind of decisions when she shock lashes and imprisons Jasper, mm-hmm. but we see her point of view. So does that make us then think about what Jaha, Kane and Abby did leading up to season one differently. So I don't think it's like repetitive. I just think it constantly makes you reassess what you thought about things. No, yeah, for sure. And I think that's such a, I think this is definitely going to be touched upon Mm -hmm. next season with Octavia. Um, And it's a thing where on the arc, there was so much that people um, were upset about and were against. Um, But if they're in that position to make those decisions under those circumstances, like, are they that different? 
Um, and I think that Clark obviously has been faced with that. And now it's going to be Octavia, who is going to be most interesting because as much as Clark was against it, it wasn't, I feel like she was more, um, I don't know what the word is. She wasn't so against it to, I don't know. Um, I think that Octavia though has always thought that things should be different. And now she's going to be in a position where it can't be different. And what does that bring out in her? And um, what does that show her about herself? It's going to be really interesting. I, yeah. And and I think um, we can actually move. Octavia is actually a great, a great point to move into the next episode discussion. Um, because we get a, a lot of Octavia sort mm-hmm. of like being sassy and salty at, at Bellamy and at, like just everyone. And like, you know. <laughs> It is, but like at the same time, like Octavia, being like, <laughs> Octavia is dead. And I'm like, oh my god, you are so dramatic. <laughs> like, because you've, like, she is so like, because we've her. been like so cheering, like warrior, badass Octavia, blah blah blah, and then she says something emo like that, and you're like, oh my god, you are such a cry Catch for attention. Octavia. Let's go to hot topic later. Um, and, but like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Spy uh, that talks about yeah, her feelings. So. <laughs> well, it's 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 another, but it's another instance of like a character saying something, and you like when she's like Bellamy when you killed Lincoln, and like you're sitting uh, in the audience, and you're like, well, right? I mean, but yeah, he wanted to help you. You chained him, chained him in a cave. Like, well, I mean, this, this yeah, cool. but it kind of loops back in with what when her later conversation with Ilian, when he's like, Well, I didn't mean to kill everyone. And she's basically, oh, What's her quote? The sword. What you meant? Does it care? Or something like that? Yeah. It only cuts or something like that. Yeah. Um, which I have a friend who's a magistrate and she loves the show. And she's like, <laughs> Someday I'm going to use that. <laughs> When I'm like sentencing someone, she's like, I'm going to oh use that. So, but is she just, I, I'm on rewatch. I was really trying to Clark's arc and Octavia's arc were ones that I sometimes mm-hmm. kind of lost the thread when I was watching season four. Um, mm-hmm. Clark's makes a lot of sense to me on rewatch, but Octavia's I'm still trying to like articulate what the jury is i agree with that i actually i didn't think about it but in you saying that uh, i yeah i I I really don't know i mean the one thing is she's like the dark i mean when when kane is like we can't descend into darkness and octavia is like it's like the world darkness is all we have kane it's clear that she (laughs) it's it's clear that when she's actually confronted with Mm -hmm. that with luna in the conclave that she doesn't really believe that and that's like her but I think I think what it's going to be is we're actually yeah. like turns out she is actually going to have to become that in season five. You know what I mean? Like she spent all of season four like talking shit, mm-hmm. and then when it came to it, she was like, "Well, fuck no!" Like that. Yeah, and then it turns I'm out in season five, so like she does actually have to become the thing that like she consciously didn't. Right. Probably even more so than I mean. Just the way that they have been previewing her arc, I feel like it's going to be so much yeah, more like, than like Clark shit. or Bellamy have ever done. Yeah, which is just going to be, I mean, and then to have Jaha and Kane 
and Abby not in the driver's seat and on the receiving end of this are questioning it. Yeah. It's just it's, the it's setup really is so good. Um, it's so good. I'm excited yes. about it. Uh, um, let's let's talk about. Sorry, I'm I'm reading your all caps lock. Uh, Clark's polka dot ruffle underpants, bubs. Um, which which. <laughs> no. How do you not comment on them? Like, <laughs> um, so that scene, it, like, it unfolded, and I was like, you know, I, I was sitting there, like, you know, paying attention, like, getting the nuances of the emotions going on, and then she stands <laughs> up, and I was like, what the fuck are you wearing? Like, what is this? Like, am I supposed to lose like all concept of what the scene is? Because I mean, but I also loved when Nyla got out of bed and like, Clark very clearly like looked at her boobs and then looked back up and like I was just like, <laughs> like two things like that in a very, very, very serious, important character scene. Yeah, for sure. No, that was amazing. I mean, I had, I had. Um, thoughts about I had a lot of thoughts about everyone um, talking about Lexa um, like after the fact where I felt okay. like, like how, I felt how like they so? could have done it better um, well so for Rowan for example you know in season 3 he was like you don't really know Lexa you don't so it, it set this up where like there's yeah. another perspective maybe that we haven't seen via Asgeta um, and so it doesn't mean it was the right perspective at all. It it just meant that Roan had this other perspective. And then in season three, he, season he was all of a sudden singing praises left and yeah. right. And no, you're no, just no, like, no. Or, yeah, exactly. Sorry. <laughs> um, and you're just like, wait, what? Okay. No, yeah, I, I mean, so here's, here's the thing. I mean, here's a contrast. When people, the people telling Clark, Lexa would have been proud of you. Versus when they when, don't know her. Versus right. Versus when Indra tells Octavia Lincoln would be so proud. Feel that, it. You feel it because you yeah. know that Indra knew Lincoln. Now, if Indra yeah. said that to Clark, if Titus would have survived yeah. and said that to Clark, or if Indra, feel it, or if Indra had said it to Clark, yes. and then you yes. feel it, you just feel like. It really means, but like from all intent, I'm pretty yeah, sure that like Clark that's kind of a weird way like better than Nyla's Lex's reputation yeah. throughout the yeah. land, or maybe you know Nyla's just being you know nice, like trying to be nice, which I wouldn't put that past her. But like Rowan and Nyla, yeah. Nyla being like this, you know, you're making plan. Lexa proud. And you're like, you didn't know her, or you didn't like her. It, it was too yeah. fourth wally. It was too yeah. This was not the character talking. Like this was the show talking, and I I understand it. I can understand it at the same point that like I, I, I wish they would have found a better way to do it. It's skip the scene. Especially considering the rest of that scene with, with Clark and Mello was very good in terms of like character stuff. Like I thought that like they're sort of them sort of defining their relationship yeah, in yeah. a very different way than the show has so far presented any relationship, if that makes sense. Like this is a new type of relationship on the show where you're like friends with benefits, I guess. Um, but like with where you care and love the person, but you know, you're not with them, if that makes sense. And mm-hmm. I think that in, so at unity days, when Jessica spoke on stage about this, um, I thought that was so nice where she was just like, where you, she was like, you can have love and be friends and like, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and yeah. that's exactly, I think, what we got from Nyla, which I call her Nila. And then, but I'm going to say Nyla because you guys are listening. Um, 
There's also so, yeah. there's so yeah. lot of Nightavia, which, which I I'm into and, a lot, especially like even just from a friend perspective. I know for sure, but, no, um, but knowing knowing. But now, but watching these episodes where now we know that like Octavia is going to basically save Nyla's life and then they mm-hmm. have that scene in 412 and that they're going to be, I mean, so now watching it, like that whole yeah, like right? physical, all of a sudden like, Nyla's a physical therapist. Um, that, <laughs> that's my will actually. <laughs> Which like makes me wonder like, like oh, what are the odds that okay. they would, I mean, that they have to like given who we think that Octavia again is going to turn into, you know, given all the blood, given all the terribleness that we're sort of expecting, you know, from the bunker, like, and Nyla is very much not that person. Um, she, you know, what is that? Like, what if yeah. not to be whatever, obviously like I, you know, my shipper heart would totally be into them hooking up because, because make everything as gay as possible is what I'm saying. <laughs> Um, the books, which we are told mean nothing to the actual show, but in the books, Octavia a hundred percent swings that way. Mm -hmm. So, so it'll be interesting to see if that happens. And it's not revealed until the first book. Okay. I mean, why the fuck not? Just in terms of like an ideological standpoint for those two characters, it would be interesting for them to like either have a friendship or more than a friendship, something where they would debate. Something where they would not, you know, very clearly see eye to eye on something. But not well, but not only that, I think it'd be interesting to have a grounder in the bunker questioning Octavia's means. Do you know what I mean? Like if she's if she's it's one thing if Kane and Abby are questioning Octavia and then she has a conversation with them that's like calling bullshit. Well, this is what you did when you were in my position on the arc, right? Mm-hmm. But if she's using means of not quite like blood must have blood, but just in terms of how she's kind of ruling down there. And you also have Nyla questioning, saying, well, that's not, you know, like, that's not what Lincoln would have done. That's not, you know, that I think it's it's a good character that it's not just Sky Crew questioning what Octavia is doing. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think, uh, you know, Indra hopefully will also... um you know, provide some of that as well. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, no, I mean, like just as an advisor, like I feel like she is going to be some sort of an advisor to Octavia. Oh, for sure. But I don't know what point, what she will be advising. Oh, for sure. Like who knows what the fuck. Cause she was, Um, cause she was ready to go in there at the end of the season and take care of all of Sky Crew. Yeah. Like, I I like Dark Angel. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think everyone knows that I have um, feelings about what Octavia decided to do at the end, but um, that in particular was really hard to watch. Yeah. Um, let's talk about, let's see, we've talked about them. Do you guys want to say anything more about the Raven Murphy Luna or, or should we move on to sort of the car tra- the car chase? Uh, I mean, Raven, yeah. Raven and Murphy are just, they just like pop on screen. Like all mm-hmm. their scenes are just so good. Right? Yeah. I mean, I feel bad we're not actually talking about Abby and Jackson, but like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know what to say much about that, you know, in comparison oh, to... I have one quick thing to say. Yeah. Um, in that that scene where Raven is seizing, uh-huh. I was thinking about watching, when I was watching that, because I know that it's such an Easter egg, what they're talking about. 
Um, but it, it made me think like, God, it must be so good to be like a casual viewer who watches this and then, you know, happens to watch it again, maybe with friends. And it's like, oh shit, they mention it. Like it's such a eureka moment, but like for us who are just, you know, so dedicated to the show, um, we rip apart like every single moment to like the millisecond and we know what's happening. Like, so um, for us, it was not a surprise. It was something we were waiting to be explained, basically. Wait, the allegiance? Yeah. Wait, the allegiance? Yeah. Well, yeah. that's is that so funny when you have, like, I've noticed there have been, like, a ton of new viewers that will come on a Reddit after they finish season four. Yeah. And they're like, what the hell was that spaceship? And you're like, oh, you mean you didn't have the like gift breakdown from Tumblr where somebody <laughs> took the time to type out the dialogue of like what was said in the background. No, I'm just a normal person watching television and I have no idea what that spaceship is. <laughs> the general audience is a mystery to me. <laughs> That's like Mr. Chick was like, who the hell, what the hell is a spaceship? And I'm like, oh, oh God bless him. I can't even explain. Sweet, 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 Mr. Chick. Sweet, sweet. Casual Such a viewer, good egg. Casual <laughs> um, Okay, so, so you know, Rafe, Raven and Murphy pop. Everything's great. Let's talk about this car chase, and then we'll start to wrap things up. Um, just because we do have to cover the fucking hyperzine oh. car chase. Because I can relinquish, it was ridiculous. Yeah. I can relinquish one of my um, Bullark principles okay. that was brought on by this. Go ahead. Um, scene, which was really hard for me to relinquish. I was like so sad. Um, but so I had always seen this scene happening and like Bellamy like hitting the gas and, um, you know, going like um, turning into their path. Um, when Clark like elbows the guy so that Bellamy can shoot him. I was always like, oh, they're just always on the same page. They just know without saying on rewatch. Um, he says, just get me the clean shot. And I did not notice that when I first watched it. I never knew that he said anything to her. So when I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, I guess he did tell her what to do. <laughs> it's not as, it's not as faded star cross or, you know, Balark as, as it, yeah. As and it I was, was just like, God damn, I mean, it's still, it's still Balarky as fuck, <laughs> but it was like that one moment was taken away and I was like, oh. Fine, fine, fine. fine. He <laughs> actually told her to do something, and it still was really cool. But fine, yeah. It wasn't well, like I mean, mind melding. Yeah. Well, check. You have you had it on DVR. It's not said. It, it is said in that, right? That he says it. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I I took it. He's just kind. Isn't he just kind of mumbling to himself in the car? I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, I he's, thought that he's. Like he's just kind of like you know, Roan's like I'm I'm gonna jump. He's like, are you kidding me? I mean, I just thought it was Bellamy's just being like, oh, just are you jumping from this? Oh, just get me a clean shot. Like, can someone like, ah, uh, like I didn't I didn't take it as I don't it's know ha- as him singing to Clark. It's just a it's a it's just a fun scene. <laughs> I, I, it was ridiculous. Like, so this is actually my well actually, and I'm just gonna say it right now because whatever. <laughs> Um, but like, like you're, when you're watching the trucks, they're not that, the height difference isn't that much. It's like three feet away. They're maybe going 40 miles an hour. It's over grass. Like he's probably, and they like film it. Like he jumps and then they film it like under him and there's just blue sky behind him. Mm. And you think he's like jumping across a ravine in some crazy parkour video. And you're like, 
No, he's like jumping, like he's like jumping from like the counter you, in your kitchen to your sofa. Like, have you seen room. that? Wait, have you seen the gif set that like compares it to a scene from The Lion King? No. With like the slow mo lion jumping, it's like hilarious. It looks like a lion. So, it looks exactly like the slow mo jump. I think it's like when uh, Scar and Mufasa are like fighting. That's it hilarious. Fantastic. And I think our movie <laughs> reference. Thank you. There you go. There yes. Is. Yes. yes. And, uh, um, point is ridiculous. But but I don't but care. also kind of like it was, it was cheesy. It was totally um, a gift to the audience. Totally cheesy, but like Roan was the cheesy part to me. Everything else was like perfect. The Balark thing Listen. was a little cheesy. I loved it. Let us have it. it. No, no, Let I'm not saying it. cheesy in a bad way. I'm saying like like I'm saying like with the foam joke with with Jasper. Like there are a few little things this season, especially like happening right now, where they're just these little like dumb gifts to the audience. Of like, I wasn't expecting that sort of like humor and like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just it was cheesy and it was funny. Like the show isn't often cheesy. Cheesy is not a word I would use to describe the show. <laughs> but it's kind um, it's kind of fun to have that moment of what the fuck just happened and we're still alive. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, no, for sure. Um, and the, and at the same point, like I I loved that moment. I felt things. I did not feel things so much on the beach scene. Mm. Um, so I thought that that was well done in comparison. Um, what I I just noticed. Yeah. Sorry, this is this is getting back to Science Island. What what was your what was your remote control prop story, Cece? Oh, um, sorry. I just car? like yeah. Like speaking of cars, since Balark almost killed each other with cars. Um, yeah, Mer- so when we were, I think when Bubs and I were in the prop room, um, we, they had the remote control car mm-hmm. that Murphy's playing with the Rover and they said, they were saying that originally it was supposed to be like a Lamborghini. Um, and that's like, what the, like what the script called for. And then, it, cause so what happened is we saw the prop car and I turned to the prop guy. I'm like, you have no idea the like conspiracy theories that this prop started with people thinking that the season was going to end with Murphy having mm-hmm. to fly the rocket. Yeah. You guys remember that? Mm-hmm. That there was like, this yeah. is foreshadowing. Oh, this is like a yeah. hint that the Murphy's going to have to do this later you, like, on. picked it apart so hard. Right. So much, yeah. So they started laughing because they were like, oh my God. It was like this throwaway thing in the script where they're like, Murphy's tooling around with like a Lamborghini and then they like got like a Lamborghini and like and then they were like this doesn't make any sense like why and why in 20 what up 50 whatever would Becca have like a toy Lamborghini remote control car so then they ended up building it like a lunar rover which made more so much more there you know what their contribution so there's that and there's the all the names on the gun Mm -hmm. strap that was purely prop room's contribution. It was their idea. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate that. And as much as I appreciate when the actors are like, my character wouldn't do yeah. this. Or like a little detail um, where you're I, like, this is correct. Exactly. It, it just, it, it all feeds into like this show that we love. Um, yeah, I think just by they apparently love it too. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it made sense. They were like, "Don't make me cry." But yeah, I mean, they were like, "If Becca's Elon, like, why would Becca be? Obs- why would she have a toy? She wouldn't. Car? She wouldn't. She would have something like having to do with space." 
So yeah, yeah, like it just yeah, it just makes sense. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they got a good chuckle of, of <laughs> that all of oh. the conspiracy theories that came out of it. Speaking of Murphy, uh-huh. I did have yes. a note. Remember, um, Chick, when we were talking on Slack um, about how Murphy actually has a really low body count. And um, I was talking about excess framing him as like, he is kind of an antagonist, despite how much we love him, because we do. Um, but like, so there's this, a moment in 406, I believe, where he, um, he literally says, um, I wouldn't want to be responsible for everyone in the world dying. And so it's like one of those moments where you're just like, he doesn't, he does not put himself in the place where he makes the decisions to kill people, and, which is why he has low body count. And so like, instead of that, you see him playing with a toy car and you see him like bouncing a ball. So this, this just goes back to like Murphy needs to like prove himself. And I'm, I'm so excited for him to do it. Like I'm ready like as a Mervyn shipper um, or just for Murphy in general. I know I, I, I'm I'm neutral Mervin unless he does this. Like but, I'm really I have, I have no stake. I have no stake. But he, what? he did. He went. I, I think that's. I mean, he went back for Monty. He did go back for Monty. Um, you don't care he, enough he about Monty for that to be, for that to matter as much. No, 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 no. It's but like there was no, there was no. Um, what was the danger of going back for Monty? He could die. They were running out of time. But I okay, fair enough point. But like, <laughs> I still don't think it was. More. Like, no, 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 I need more. I I don't think it was like that hard to like go get someone to be like, oh, Monty passed out, and then the other person's like, oh, let's go get him. He's like, uh, okay, okay, you know, um, I because there there's like a there's a buy-in to sociopathy where you do have to work with other people, you do have to agree to certain things. Um, so I need him. I need him to make a decision that's purely based on somebody else that has no benefit to himself. Um, and that's at that point, I can say like, I see beyond the cockroach and I'm still waiting. I think that's that a reasonable it. thing um, for as well. Like I, I, I don't think he's a cockroach. Yeah. Like I feel like he has not maybe, maybe done that grand gesture, but I believe that he has it in him. Um, I, I believe that he could potentially have it in him, and I want to see it. I really do. Um, I'm just waiting for it. It's great, though. Like, this is a great slow burn redemption arc. Yep. Yes. If he does it, otherwise, he will always be the guy that, like, almost does the right thing. Revenge. Well, but but when has he 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 saved? Well, it's, uh, it's so hard because he doesn't. He, there's never a point when he's done the right thing that wasn't self-serving. Well, um, you mean like at the end of season three when he helps him go back up the tower? Wait, wait, yeah. So that part that part is what's like close as we get. Well, that was a pretty. And that's a, but I mean, yeah, no. That's a great point. I think that that's that is the closest we get, and you could argue that that actually we is need more. Like given him. how much of a shit heel he has been, like he's got to like keep working at it. Um, I, I I need more in the sense of like Emery was his first love, and um, I think that maybe she is an exception for him. Um, but I need him to feel that for like people he doesn't have yeah. that feeling for. Um, like for example, I, I wanted more for him when he, when Bellamy gave him his gun in 301 
and was like, yeah, have our backs, etc. And like Murphy like was like, yeah, totally. And then he took stock of the situation. He's like, ah, nah, nope, nope, nope. We're, we're gonna just going to head out of here. <laughs> so like moments like that where um, – No, I mean they still make it – I mean there's a lot of cases this season. You know, when he got the girl, he stole the medicine for the girl. But they also – they gave you about a, him getting in good with Abby. Well, they leave it – they give but you he tells, the one motivation, he, right? They give you more than one, but – at the same time, he saved Raven. Um, he saved Raven and four hundred four from the bullets. Yeah, to the risk that Raven is like key in doing everything. Yeah, but I mean, to the risk of his own person, though, right? So, but like, if, if Raven doesn't survive, I doubt he does. Yeah, I mean, they. I thought the scene at the end of the scene. I mean, I always want it breaks. It like breaks my Murphy me heart every time he like walks away. Like you know, in four hundred one <laughs> when he walked away, or when oh for sure, or yeah. when Bellamy's locked up. Um, oh, and he, well, but Clark knows. Like that, I feel like I feel like Clark in that situation. She knows that she can count on Murphy to keep him. But, the, up. but there was a really that that scene between them when Bellamy's like, "You haven't changed. You don't care about anybody but yourself." And maybe it's just Richard Harmon's acting. But when he's like, "You're wrong." Well, sure, but you can say, and and I think this goes back to Joe's point about Echo. It's like you can say that someone had a moment. But until they act on that moment, but he's not. But we just named a. Let's let's try to like stick within sort of just these episodes because like we're gonna obviously like get to get to more Murphy uh, (laughs) (laughs) later on. We gotta gotta start wrapping it up. Um, Is there is there any like last like ten second Murphy Murphy parting thought that you want to like? It's just so clear that everything that Raven says to him cuts so deep. Oh. Yes, but I but that doesn't detract from whether he is sociopathic or not. He can still have feelings about other people's feelings for him. Um, it doesn't mean that he'll make different decisions. And I think that that's I, I honestly think next season is going to tell us who Murphy is. I hope so. Either way. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm like excited for it. I really am. Um, and, and that's how I feel about every character is that I just want to know more about every, every character. And I hate when plot takes precedent over telling us who Let's, these people I are. Mean, because I think there's so hopefully, well. hopefully we'll get enough uh, character work next season. Cause especially having to deal with a six year time jump, cause they're going to be different anyway. But anyway, <sighs> um, do you guys want to cover any well actuallys that we have not already yelled about uh, mid podcast? Um, I just had that one that, um, so in 404, when Asgata's declared war and, and they've gone and like killed like every single member of tree crew that's Mm -hmm. in the tree crew house or whatever (laughs) that, you know, Octavia walks in, there's just bodies everywhere. It was the tree crew bar. That's what I thought it was. The tree crew clubhouse. The the tree Yes, that's what I was about to say. Tree Crew Clubhouse. The watering hole. <laughs> so why other than to make us not hate Ronan Echo? What is the reason why Roan is so intent on Octavia and Indra being taken alive? It just on rewatch seemed very strange. It's because Rowan is terrible at being ruthless. Like, it's totally, like, he is a big old softy. But, you know, they're, they're, they're definitely, like, um... 
They just want people that they can play against these other crews. They're collateral. Yeah. But at the same time, like, it is, like, awfully convenient. It was like, go and kill all these red shirts, but not the two characters the audience yes, loves. basically. <laughs> <laughs> one guy alive. Well, no, but those are the people that they know. Alive to warn. Interest the leader. <laughs> Interest the leader. I know, but get them, crew. like, why Octavia? Because she is uh-huh. Bellamy's so, sister. No, I, what? what? I mean, was, well, but she was like an ambassador with Kane. I and mean, if you're like, already planning on she, fucking up, if you're already like planning to march and take right. the, the Arcadia from them, like who gives right. a shit? Right. That's what that I just was watching it and they say it so many times. Like that battle that the like scene between Echo and Octavia on the cliff, they're like, We really don't want to kill you. No, Roan said I really have to take you alive. Like, please don't oh fuck, you just That's walked my you just walked into my blade. Damn it. Damn it. Like it's it's don't make my job hard. It's so basically <laughs> yeah, like your name is in the credits. Want- I can't kill you. God damn it, Octavia. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> I just Anyway, I just was like, why do you want to take them alive? Well, so and then badly? not to be whatever, but, and this is my will actually. Octavia just got run through the gut with a dirty fucking sword. How is she how is she <laughs> running off into the woods like 18 hours later after some half-assed physical therapy on her knee or whatever? With Nyla? <laughs> <laughs> like I, I mean, I know uh, that she has cave sex to get to. Nyla is a kinesiologist. I that that makes a lot of sense. Um, she yeah. maybe the the properties in the water that are killing off all the fish have healing properties. <laughs> I, I got nothing. I got nothing. No. Okay. Related note: My will actually was um, why are we still doing blood oaths on this landscape? Because we do not have time yeah, for a just like never cut your palm. Like that's a super useful part of your body. Like it doesn't heal. Why? It's you like, live it too much. Floor. It's never going to heal. Why? But no, but like, don't even do it. Just be like, spit in your hand and shake hands. Cool. It's gross enough. Like, do you really doubt so, it? Hey, and they and they didn't have bandages no, on their hands no, in the next episode, no. did they? I have a lot of questions. Um, all right, Cece, I have this one thing in your note that I want to talk about, uh, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, the Maddie yeah. speculation in re- yeah. in light of recent articles, because I have done a bad job reading things. So please, TLDR me. Yeah. Um, you're using, does that mean explain oh, to you what it, that means? Yes, it means too long, didn't read. So, yeah. It's, okay. Yeah. So, there was an article that Jason Rothenberg retweeted that was saying, it was one of the like, I don't know if it was TV line or who it was, but saying, Clark will be concerned over somebody having influence over Maddie. Mm-hmm. So then there was like really interesting speculation as to who that could be. Like whether will that be somebody from Mm -hmm. Allegis? Um, She's Nightblood. They're Nightblood. Could that be Gaia? Because she's a Nightblood. Gaia Mm -hmm. has the flame. Um, So there was just some, I I thought that was interesting and sort of the kind of like fandom speculation about it was also like really interesting. Cause it's like, do we try to keep this shit going? Like, do we try to resurrect yeah. this religion? Like, well, or they, yeah, and they may have. Do they tell her the truth about yeah. what it, what the religion is? Like, they have six years to do it. Like, do like they Clark talk about and, it? And Maddie? No, I, no, oh, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, underground um, with Gaia. Like, do they tell so her listen. so the origin story? Of you played a garbage, like, as Murphy would well, say. Um, 
I mean, that could be, they all have, you know, all the photos that we've seen from the finale, they all have that almost like Ash Wednesday mark on their forehead. Um, that's mm-hmm. supposed to be the symbol mm-hmm. of one crew. And I love the kind of the speculation that in that time in the bunker or, or possibly also coming out of it, will they kind of put together that, look, our, if, we, if we're trying to define what one crew means, we have a shared history. Like your technology is the basis for our culture mm-hmm. and civilization. We are t- that mm-hmm. that ties us together, even if it means different mm-hmm. things to us. Um, so, I mean, and they may need to access it. I mean, Allegis are all nightbloods, right? Mm-hmm. They are familiar with Becca's technology. They benefited from it and if everyone Ooh, what if they side with them and yeah i mean what if, or what if they want to replicate crew. the flame like there's a lot of knowledge in there like if that makes sense like not not, not always yes, chip, but, but becca's it. flame like that's right. supposed to be some ai that helps and, you and, make decisions and you know run simulations and whatever the fuck it does like why wouldn't you want that well, right, and mm-hmm. and and Raven had part of Allie's code in her head, and in this episode, they said, "I know things I'm not mm-hmm. supposed to know because I have that code well, left in my know head." Something on that show. So mm-hmm. there's only two people on their side, mm-hmm. Clark and Maddie, yeah. who are nightbloods. So anyway, that was sort of the fun. Um, is there anything yeah. else anyone wants to talk to about about the show uh, before we recommend some TV shows? Okay. Great. I think that's um, everything. Oh. <laughs> so, Bubs, I shouldn't ask you since your note is fuck. I always <laughs> forget this part. Um, so, uh, you guys go first. Okay. If I think uh, about something, Cece? I'll say it. How's that? Um, the leftovers. The end. <laughs> it might be the best. Um, Jen used to talk about it a lot, and there's a lot of other really smart people that were saying forever to watch it. Um, you know, I, my, if I'm going to say like my favorite shows of all time, they're more sort of like mm-hmm. the hundred or alias that I just have like a passion that like, I don't know if it's about characters or whatever, but like, that's like my, those are my favorite. But if I'm like objectively saying, what are some of the really best television this shows? This is really good fucking TV. It's like the Sopranos or the wire or Mad Men. Yeah. This is like up there. This, I mean, it's better. I, I at this point, I'm like, this is better than Mad Men wow. in terms of in terms of. I've never and and I've joked around with other people. It's really hard to try and recommend the show and not sound like a pretentious asshole because <laughs> it is it is so it makes you so think Cece about is a pretentious asshole putting that into the no <laughs> I don't know I don't want to sound like one. Um, it just makes you think about things that are. so so profound, like faith versus reason. How do people deal with grief? Um, it's just a really, it, it's like one of, the, it's one of the best things I've ever watched, film or television. Okay. That's uh, one of these days we'll get around to it. Cause like clearly yeah. everyone that I know has been wanting to watch it. Did you think of anything, Bubs, or do you want me to go? Uh, you go first. All right. Um, we are making our way through Altered Carbon. Um, we just watched a very difficult episode last night that we needed a Brooklyn Nine-Nine palate cleanser. Um, it's feeling a little empty calories. That said, like I would still recommend watching it because it, visually it's just stunning. Um, I love the way you know it looks and sort of certain things that they sort of propose. Um, 
it's sort of asks a question of sort of technological immortality and uh, sort of what happens uh, when the 1% becomes the 0.00001% who are basically removed from humanity because they never Mm -hmm. have to fear death or anything ever again. Um, And so they are basically the show kind of asks like if, you know, what do you do when people sort of make, what 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 happens when technology has the ability to make a select few people into gods? Um, and so, yeah, it's 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 there are some aspects of it that I dislike, some that I really like. Um, I would it's definitely worth watching though. Um, and then iZombie came back uh, recently, but I haven't continued. I I'm going to wait to marathon the whole thing. That said, though, iZombie is just a great show. Um, so if you're <laughs> looking for something like light and funny, but very well made. It's a fun um, show, yeah, especially when Liv um, is um, spanking her roommate. <laughs> that was, oh, that man, was that was, I did not hate that. It was great. <laughs> it was so funny. It's a really um, fun And when show. her ex-boyfriend pretended to be a third, or was acting like a 13-year-old. Oh, my girl, God. He's a like, I can't believe you just said oh that. <laughs> Maker on Teenage Girl um, Brain was like, wow. Um, did yes. you think of a show? So, um, but this is so old. Anyways, on Hulu, I so normally I watch like a new show each week, probably, but I forget most of them because most of them aren't worth mentioning. Um, but this week I was recalled um, to my childhood, which was um, MacGyver, <laughs> who I so I, I've oh. always said JTT was my first crush, but like actually it was MacGyver because I remember kissing the television. Really? Um, when his did he make you it. feel funny? I, as a, as a, as a six-year-old, yes. <laughs> um, would you, would you so like, anyways, should we ask nope, 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 for nope, any nope, stories nope, nope, about nope, why? We're not going to – no. No? No. We're not going to ask parents about any <laughs> stories uh, about Bubs's childhood and her obsession with MacGyver? No, I mean, that's that's literally – that would be the story is that I kissed the television. And I remember telling my parents, it's like, it's MacGyver. I'm like, duh. <laughs> um and so I was re-watching it, and it's so funny because I was watching it, I was like, oh, he is so – and, like, he's, he's like, not even that no, hot. He's like, like, he's, like, he's, like, 80s yes. hot. Yeah, but but his personality, like, I was like, this is the least shallow I've ever felt in my life because he's so cool. <laughs> like, he's just, like, really cool. <laughs> and he's so smart. And, like, so the ingenuity involved in these episodes is, like, beyond anything I've ever seen, um, to the point where apparently there's, like, a lawsuit brought up because he makes a bomb that is actually a bomb that you can make in real life in one of his shows. And, like, and, and that's, like, the thing is, like, everything he does on the show you could do as a person in your own life. Um, and it's so funny because, like, there were episodes that I saw as an adult that I still remember remembering visibly as a child. Um, and I was like, wow, I can't believe how accurate that was based on my memory. Like that's the impression to be made. So anyways, if anyone has not seen MacGyver, um, the best way I can describe it is that like, it's like a, a, a Xena level, like ability to face situations, um, and using just like everything at your disposable, at your disposal to, um, solve problems. It's sort of like if Xena and 24 like merged yes. yeah it's it's just like i know it's a guy but it, it is very much a xena energy raven is like the macgyver of the hundred yes For she sure. is 100 percent because she is she has a lot of ingenuity and she solves problems in unconventional she ways she does not have yes. a mullet or acid wash jeans however <laughs> thank god i mean 
space, we'll see what space crew comes up with uh, <laughs> oh, God. In, in six years. Um, I guess it's, we should probably wrap it up. We definitely went very long today, but I wanted to thank you guys for coming on the show. Um, so thanks everyone. Yeah, so uh, happy to. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll be hearing from you guys later in our rewatch, as well as probably harassing you coming on uh, when we start our season five weeklies. Um, hope you hope you guys won't and just I, disappear and, I, I and, hope, and ghost me. I feel like we're going to get a trailer this week. You think? I think so, too. Yeah. yeah. It's close. I, okay. I think. Because we're into March. We're into March. We're into March. And I feel like Jason Rotherberg is like being very like, it's very soon. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm excited. Yeah. Okay. And, you guys are saying this week. And they're going to be at WonderCon with another sneak peek at the end of the month, like on the 23rd. So it has to be before that. Yeah. 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 Okay. I think that that's a pretty safe bet, at least before at least before WonderCon. Um, we'll be back in our next episode. We're watching shit. What episodes do we watch today? Through six. So we'll be watching mm-hmm. seven, eight, nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'll come out in a couple of weeks. Um, thanks for joining me, guys. Bye, guys. Uh, I guess I think this we'll is when you, you this is when you say Do we have an outro? You say may we geek again. Oh, but you already said it, so now I don't have to. Bye everyone. May we geek again. <laughs> I feel like given the Skype chat, um, you were kind of upset, Cece. Um I'm a little hurt. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah. Um how many how long is it, Bubs? Uh when I post it? I'm not giving you guys yeah. more details on how to find it. <laughs> I'm not. I, mean, I just want to know if it's like worth my time so far. Like anybody who posts like a 300 word uh, like first chapter, oh I'm God. like, dude. Ta- yeah, when people do that, I'm like, I'm not gonna read that. Um, like, call me. Call me that. when you're ready to like. It is more than that, but it's not. It's still like an intro chapter in the sense that it's setting things up. Um, and like the meat of it has not happened. Um, the meat. Of yeah. It. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah. Because I'm guessing this is not rated T. <laughs> no. Why would I waste my time no. doing that? I don't know. <laughs> How do people get the motivation to write T? <laughs> or like general? Oh, like, God. yeah, where it's like not. Fo- okay, yes, I guess. I get that like our focus is sometimes too much on the relationship of things. But like when it's not focused on that at all, I'm like, I don't know what you people are doing with your time. <laughs> like all I get, yeah. all I get on this show is holding hands. So I don't want to read about holding hands. Exactly. That's <laughs> not why I'm here. Thank you. 